This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. We're launching into another week of fun here. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. All right. And, of course, you can take control and bring up anything. That is the point of the show. So feel free to do that at your leisure. 800-259-9231 as we uh, will take your calls about whatever's on your mind. That's the point of the program. Now, uh, to start things out here tonight, we're going to give you an update on the historic trial of a free stater. Now, free staters are people that have made the move to New Hampshire, as the three of us have done, uh, as part of the Free State Project. We decided that it's a really great idea to get together with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people so we can get active and uh, hopefully achieve some semblance of liberty in our lifetime. Now, it's a project. means that there's a lot of work to be done. It's Ongoing. Also, it's also a lifetime project, which means that it's going to take a little while. Take uh, some patience. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes when we're out and about doing our activism thing, uh, which varies everything from getting involved in politics to non-cooperation to civil disobedience, media outreach, all kinds of different things. D- different things for different people. Right. Sometimes it can be frustrating when we run up against roadblocks. Governmental, you know, in, in, uh, enforcement, governmental ignorance, people that have been indoctrinated by the government to think certain things it can be frustrating. And today was one of those days. Uh, we told you in detail about what happened at the Jim Johnson trial last week. To sum it up, Jim was arrested uh, for a criminal trespass, so-called, as was uh, Dale. You and I were both arrested in that group of 12 people that were all arrested at the same time. Uh, about nine of us, I think, actually went to trial. Eight or nine of us went to trial. Uh, they had had to drop some charges because of, uh, I think, people had arrived, I guess, after three people or so arrived after they allegedly told everyone to leave. So they there was no way there'd be no way they could have heard the order to leave those folks. They had their charges dropped. Absolute administrative, uh, you know, incompetence when it came to this, uh, the way the the law enforcement officers perpetrated this whole event. So, yeah, the, the, in fact, they weren't even there for the event, which was like a rally, a sort of a uh, morale rally for the prisoners and in particular one of the prisoners. And. So they were there to visit someone or, and they just got caught, you know, they got caught up in the fervor of the arrest at the time. They meaning the government, but the, the people who were released immediately, you know, who were released and didn't get trials. Uh, it was re- realized that they weren't even there for the rally. They were there for other reasons. So they ran through with about eight or nine different cases. Um, Dale, you and I actually had our cases combined together with a couple other folks at our objection, written objection. Yeah, we, we and filed a motion care. saying, I want my own trial. I think I deserve a separate trial from everyone else. Seems unconstitutional to me. And if you look at the end of the, it just, just if you just watch the tail end of the trial, you can see that uh, in fact, it, there was incredible bias that, that happened due to our trials being all merged together. Well, of course, there was incredible bias that led to this happening in the first place yeah. uh, because anybody else, they would have treated differently. If, if the cops show up 
and you are ostensibly trespassing on someone's property and they've been they've told you to leave the cops will tell you in most cases that I've been involved in leave. if you don't leave now you are going to be charged with trespassing. In our case, Dale, they immediately arrested us on site. Immediately uh, well, arrested uh, us, and we were out in the parking lot talking about where we we're going to go for dinner. We were about to. We leave. were done. <laughs> we were done yeah. and about to leave, and that's when we got arrested. And, and so all of us were arrested in the same group. We were all doing pretty much the same thing, but yet the nine or so trials that occurred had vastly differing results well not to mention they had vastly differing charges uh, and judges as well that were involved and well the charges were all originally criminal trespass of the misdemeanor flavor but jim johnson's trial was first his bench trial where, where you're just up against the judge where it's just the judge the prosecutor and you uh, his was first back in august he was found guilty of misdemeanor trespass he immediately decided to appeal and that's when he went that's why he went to trial this past week in front of a jury but when we came up a couple months later, uh, Dale, you and I's trial and everyone else's trial, we ended up being found guilty of, of not misdemeanor trespass, but violation-level trespass, which, which they dropped at the very last moment of the trial. They dropped the charge down. Which we could not defend against. Which, right, they didn't. Because it was based on a different charge. I mean, Correct. The, the charge provisions are that, different. The char- well, the specific charge against us we defended against, and the judge ruled that the prosecution had failed to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. So, so yes. that, that sounds the, like not like not guilty, right? right? But then the judge goes ahead and charges you. He came up with a new charge, he a can't violation do that. level. That's and, not his job. And, and his verbiage, he did verbiage. It. Um, you know, you can watch this video if you don't believe me. Freaking watch the end YouTube of the video. Um, and his verbiage was that the behavior was disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yes, walking not around illegal. jail, disturbing. Disturbing. <laughs> Walking around a jail which has no fences whatsoever, no uh, physical barriers preventing anyone from doing such and an action. And you guys action. had uh, marched around jails across the state many, right. many, many, um, many times. Without I, I know. I can just right off the top of my head recall three different jails where we've done this and had no incidents whatsoever. No one telling us we had to leave. And in fact, one time we had an escort. We had a police escort. He said, "Oh," and he was really polite. I said, we, we told him, we're going to walk around the jail, and we're just going to walk around it. We told him that. And he's mm-hmm. like, um, okay, well, let me know when you're going to do that, and I'll, and I'll come with you just to make sure that you guys don't ha- you know, have any, have any trouble. <laughs> right? Like, like it was for our benefit, you Which know, to jail protect was us. That? <laughs> when- this was when Lauren was in jail. Um, where was it? I can't remember exactly. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the Valley Street Jail in Manchester. It was a mm-hmm. different one. It's been the federal. And, uh, and so he, 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 he escorted us. He drove slowly around as we marched around the jail. Oh, I remember seeing, I think I remember seeing video of that. Yeah. That was a while back. Yeah. And nothing happened we weren't told that we had to leave he was just like you know i I guess he was concerned that we might do something crazy and we didn't intend to we never have we've walked around many jails and never like busted any windows in never tried to break in nothing weird so and uh and and in this this case was no different and they knew it they knew it because again we have never caused any trouble so back to the disparity they found us guilty you and i dale of and a couple other few other folks of violation level trespass at the last moment a few other folks after that because there were still more trials to come after our trial. They dropped the charges to violation-level trespass before they even started the trial, if I'm recalling correctly. And another of those individuals actually was found not guilty. So even though we were all arrested in the same group, we were all standing together, we all had done basically the same thing, walking around the building, waving, smiling at the uh, the prisoners. The bureaucrat's excuse for arresting us was that we were riling the pr- – we could, ri- could have riled the prisoners up. Could have. They did well, not claim that well, that actually wanna, happened. Right. If you want to call it riling them up, that they smile and, and wave yeah. or give us a peace sign, peace sign or yeah. you know 
then yes, I guess we riled them up. But I don't see what the big deal is. I just right. called that a morale boost. And they, that's the problem. That's what they don't they want. They call it riling, but what it, they don't want is for their morale to be boosted and for them to get um, encouragement from someone outside who supports them and, and doesn't necessarily feel that they should be in there. Right, to Certainly know they're not, not alone. Certainly not the nonviolent, uh, no victim people. The Which people the jail who, is filled with. It's filled with, uh, it's probably at least two-thirds people in there who did not, whose, whose so-called crimes did not have a victim. So, all kinds of disparities in the trials, inconsistencies, but only one of the 12 ended up being convicted of misdemeanor trespass, which means only one of the 12 could possibly appeal that to a jury, and that was Jim Johnson. He did that. Last week it went to trial, and we've got the full trial footage. It's just I haven't taken the time to, to put the video together yet. That's my fault. It's Oh, my it's, goodness. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot of footage. It's, it is hours and What's hours. What's wrong with you, Ian? It's been already like... 12 hours. Um, not, not quite, but... It takes you know. like a year to put a movie together, you know? <laughs> so it's going to come eventually at freekeen.com. You'll be able to see exactly what transpired. And, uh, you know, so he's guilty. I don't think I mentioned I, that yeah, yet. He, yeah. the, the jury came back after deliberating for almost two hours on Thursday. The jury uh, came back this morning, reconvened, and returned a verdict relatively quickly. Like... Apparently yeah. what happened, according to one juror, we did interview one of the jurors on the way out on camera, so that you'll also be able to see. If we get a chance, I'll play it on the air here tonight, but he curses in it, so I have to uh, make sure we clean it up. <laughs> uh, but th- he said that what happened was on Friday, or excuse me, Thursday evening, when or Thursday afternoon, when they were wrapping up for the day, it was eight to four. Eight people wanted guilty. Four people wanted not guilty. Over the weekend, he says that people changed their minds, came back in, and then relatively quickly, unanimously decided to go for guilty. Wow. So our friend Jim Johnson he has seemed been reluctant. Convicted. The guy you interviewed, I saw him when mm-hmm. they said, does everyone agree? And he was like, he's slow to answer, and he kind of shook his head, and he finally said, yeah. He was very, contradic- very contradictory in his uh, answers to us regarding why he did what he did. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you'd like at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. All right, so uh, don't forget you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com to enjoy features like our archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. Right there on the front page of the website. In fact, uh, the last seven days worth there at the top of the site. Then click into the archive section to go back for years, back to late 2006. All for free at freetalklive.com. Thanks to HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They've got more than 4,500 templates. Whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator 
www.freetalklive.com host you. You'll get a 99.9% uptime guarantee, a 45-day money-back guarantee, and 24-7 technical support if you use HostGator. And if you use the portal that we've created for you, hostgator.freetalklive.com, you'll get your first month completely free. Don't use our portal. Don't get the first month free. Hostgator.freetalklive.com. All right, so we're talking about the historic trial of the first free stater, so-called, the individual who made the move to New Hampshire in order to work toward more freedom jury trial. in their lifetime. Yeah, excuse me, first jury trial. And that uh, wrapped up today after spending, by the way, the entire day on Thursday. I was in that courthouse from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Thursday. They tied up an entire courtroom for virtually the the whole day and this is a courthouse where there are only two courtrooms this should have been dropped it was not it was silly i mean when the courts are backed up and it's such a silly charge for such a silly activity Mm -hmm. uh this should have been dropped long before it got that far but they pushed ahead and went forward and they they got their conviction the jury returned a guilty verdict after a few hours of uh, deliberation and it was just it was just so sad and so disappointing because it seems so clear that, hello, First yeah. Amendment right to assemble, public property, uh, protest. Again, a reasonable doubt. There's no doubt. There's no, there, Obviously, there was reasonable doubt. As to whether it. or not That's, Jim was notified to yes. leave. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and it's, it's a shame. I really hope that uh, – I would hope that the word gets out to the jurors that uh, now that it's not – you know, it couldn't come into the trial – but I hope it gets out. Word gets out to the jurors that for all the other people who had trials, eight other people, it was it was ruled in fact that we were not sufficiently told to leave. And so he's the only one. The only one who got a jury trial was the only one where it was actually determined that it, he received sufficient. Um, uh, what do you call it? Sufficient notice well, to leave. And interestingly, even in this interview, the individual we're interviewing actually kind of reveals that he had a reasonable doubt. Uh, so he just wanted to go, and uh, you know, I mean, but it's, I don't get it, Mark. You would be able to go if you said, I'm not budging. Right. right. Not guilty. Not budging. Yeah. You know, this, this is the dynamics of groups. Yeah. There's and, a lot of peer pressure in that jury. And this is what, you know, is so difficult for people to understand. I mean, you, your friend, um, I'm not going to name his name, but uh, he, was, he was on the show, I think, at one point. Uh, one time he, he hosted with us, and he knew all about jury nullification. He was a, he's, you know, a casual marijuana user himself. He was mm-hmm. on a drug trial, understood that that person hadn't yeah. done anything. And he himself succumbed to the pressure of the jury. He sure did. The other people on the uh, on the jury. The fact Sad. is, group dynamics are incredible. When I'm at uh, the town meeting, and let me try to describe what a town meeting is to people. It's the only form of democracy in America. Everybody in my town goes to a place. It's the school. And they sit in an audience, and things are brought up that on which we need to vote. And if they're not of sufficient cost value... They will just talk about them and you vote, you voice vote. Mm-hmm. And if the voice vote sounds close, then they'll come to a regular vote. I can't tell you how many issues where it's been all in favor say yay, thundering yay. All in all opposed say nay, me, nay. It's hard. It is difficult. But there's not even uh, how that. No, there's not a single another one over oh, and oh, no, over no, no, again. You didn't, no, no, no. I didn't get my statement out. But in that point. 
on that point, there's not time for deliberation. You're just voting. You're saying that even people in can an come instantaneous up ahead of, vote, people can come up, come up ahead of time. See, that's the pro, that's the other part about um, you know these group dynamics. Do you want me to go up on every single issue and talk to people about how taxes are theft and how you know demanding this or that is threatening their neighbor? I don't know. No, I can't do it. I can't do it over and over again. Hmm. I don't have the intestinal fortitude to go up every single time and give these people a lesson. Because they'll hate you. Indeed they will. More. And they'll hate the person that uh, that is a holdout in a trial, I would imagine, as well. Absolutely. You're keeping us from going home. Well, no, I'm not. We can just hang, hang this jury. Look, if you think he's guilty. That judge will send that jury back to unhang. It happens. It's happened Go to hell. Times. I'm not unhanging. I am firm on my belief would, that this man I, should I not would, have been but arrested. Again, I, but, I, but I understand what Mark's saying. I think Weird. for a lot of people, the peer pressure is very difficult. I think you're right. I would, hang the jury, I would hang the jury and be absolutely thrilled to hang that jury if that's what it takes to keep an right. innocent person from being charged with a crime. The well, three of us in this room are spoiling for that fight. Rather. We're right. looking for that particular confrontation. We want that. These the people want to go person, home. They want to go home. Yeah. They want to get back to their families. They want to get back to their job. They want to do their civic duty or whatever it is. And they, they they go. I mean, I've looked at no, I, some number I saw that he should have done what those cops said. Guilty. Three, three quarters <laughs> of uh, felony jury trials end in a guilty uh, verdict. Or maybe it was, maybe it was two thirds. Two thirds. I think it was uh, 76, not 67. There's some really disturbing things in there, too, that the, the, the jury can't be aware of it. I mean, again, that's another thing is you get someone up there in a uniform or, you know, you get a policeman up there and everyone thinks that, well, they're they're good because they got that badge. There on. was that attitude in this yeah, interview as well. Yeah. Like, oh, the police would know better than me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just it. And every single one of those policemen, I, I they definitely lied in the technical sense because that guy did not shout it loudly. There's no way. There's the, no way. The guard that came the guard out that to order people to leave. told everyone to leave. And, and, I, and I, I believe that he did say for people to leave in a very timid little quiet voice where you could barely sure see his lips moving. Um, they were saying that he shouted loud enough for everyone to hear. And I do believe they lied in the technical sense. I also know that it is human nature to have selective memory and to sort of, you know, our memories you know can be very unreliable and such and so maybe they didn't uh, in their hearts lie but um every single one of those police officers came up and said that he he shouted it loudly for everyone to hear and there's absolutely no way um it just didn't happen and and then i saw the the prosecution say look here they're responding to him he he told him to leave and they're responding look they're starting to walk the other way but they didn't walk to the parking lot they walked around the building Yep. They didn't leave. No, and it wasn't just the 12 who were arrested. There were a lot of people who were still there and who just walked in another direction and started walking around the building. They did not leave. And so that was simply not true. Well, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's one of the difficulties sitting in the audience at uh, jury trials is, you know, there's, Being Jim, helpless. <laughs> there's Jim up there doing the best he can do in a All pro, alone. pro se yeah. uh, situation. And you have the, the recesses to talk to him. But, you know, the, the point that you made, Dale, would have been awesome for him to jump up and say, objection, that guy has no idea where those people are going. Right. And, uh, right. you know, it's, it's clear and obvious. They're going around the corner. Take, you know, bring us back to, you know, section. Number well, that's 40. just it. And he would fast forward the video at that point. Because, but if you were paying attention before he had a chance to fast forward, you would see, in fact, they aren't going back to the, to the um, parking lot. They're going around the building. And all we had to do was slow down the video and watch it. And you would see that that's the case. How much of the video is able to be seen on our uh, actual video footage that we took? I don't know because uh, they wouldn't let me pan the damn camera in the courtroom. So uh, that's... <laughs> Anyway, we've got most of the trial. Uh, more coming up here at 800-259-9231. We'll play the interview with the juror uh, on the way. It's free talk live. 
When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at FreedomCam.net. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. All right. As we continue here, uh, you can bring up anything you want. We are discussing the situation with uh, Jim Johnson, who was the first free stater, so-called liberty activist, who made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project to face a jury trial, and also the first to be convicted at the hands of that jury on a bunch of nonsense and in the words of one juror he didn't think he ever should have been arrested but he went ahead and found him guilty anyway uh so we'll go ahead and play for you what this juror had to say and at one point he says a naughty word so i'm gonna have to blank the audio out uh during that part i'm gonna have to do it live because i haven't taken the time to actually cut this thing up or anything like that i'm just gonna play it straight as i recorded it uh out front dump button up no, no, I'm just going to cut the audio out. No, I just want to know if you get the dump If I that. screw it up, I do have my dump button here. Uh, but uh, this juror was kind enough to talk to us, uh, which was good because after the trial, we uh, went downstairs. Uh, we waited for a little bit in there to see what the sentence uh, was going to be. And then after that, uh, I wanted to make sure we got downstairs enough time to possibly talk to the jurors as they came out. And uh, this was the only juror who was willing to uh, to speak to us. Most of the rest of them just kind of shuffled on their way. Uh, I'm sure they had things to do in their lives that were important. Uh, But this man did stand and uh, spoke with us for about six and a half minutes. So here is uh, the audio from, I believe his name was Jim, I think, and he'll give that to us here in a moment. What's your your name? My name's Jim. Hi, Jim. I'm Ian. Ian, I I assume that you're sort of affiliated with the defendant in the case. Yes, sir. Right. Okay. I I only got a few minutes, but I'm happy. Two's fine. Um, What happened in there? In the jury? Yeah. So we were 8-4 on Friday. 8-4? Yeah. 8 for guilty, 4 against? And then on the weekend, we, uh, well, some people changed their mind, and uh, we went to unanimous pretty quickly in the morning. Do they explain why? (laughs) Hold on a second. You hear somebody say in the background, Jesus Christ broke the law too? No victim, no crime. Now, the reason for this is because one of the people on the jury was a monk. The uh, he was dressed. He was absolutely a full monk regalia, like straight out of the Middle Ages. Yeah, every, I'm not sure if they do they dress like that today. I guess they. He's do. dressing like that today. <laughs> well, I know he dresses do. like he that. Carry, today. He's carrying a Bible around with him. I mean, yeah. this guy is a monk, and okay. uh, he was dressed that way every day. I saw him. He had that monk's what do you call it? A robe on, I guess. Habit. A, I don't know. Habit. Yeah, the monk yeah, garb. A, I think he's got a. If I recall correctly, I didn't see him really Large well. Large dangling cross. I was going to yeah. say it looks like a cross that will break your Crucifix, back. Yeah. <laughs> so that was actually John Bush. Uh, John Bush and Catherine Bleich were in town overnight. They they came in last uh, yesterday for Sundays, social Sundays here in Keene. Uh, they're from Austin, Texas. Kind of big names in the the Liberty community. They were speaking at the Nullify Now event yep. uh, that we 
attended, and I imagine Nullify Now is coming to Austin soon, as a matter of fact. NullifyNow.com. You can go to learn more about that event. So I imagine if you're going to some of the other future Nullify Now events, you might be able to see them speak. Uh, but they stayed in uh, Keene last night, and they came out with us uh, in the morning. And by the way, uh, we did some sign-making last night at the Activist Center here in Keene, and John Bush was fantastic. He put together some – he did some great uh, writing on the signs. He said his handwriting was awful, but when he was doing sign handwriting, it was just super. Hmm. So we ended some signs. We had a bunch of us out front uh, before the trial actually started. We Before the jury arrived, we were there to show support for Jim. Uh, so we had about five or six of us holding signs like no victim, no crime, stuff like that, out in front of the uh, the courthouse, waving at people, opening the door for folks to let them in just to kind of give one last good impression that, hey, this guy's got people supporting him. This is ludicrous. This is not a crime. You know, we didn't tell them to find him not guilty, uh, but certainly the suggestion, I think, was uh, was powerful. But apparently not powerful enough because the jury found them guilty. So anyway, that's what you heard in the background. There was John Bush saying, Jesus, as the as the monk walked out of the building, uh, kind of yelling that after afterwards. It, yeah, it also – I just got to get this out while I'm thinking about it. It also bothered me that the prosecution got to bring up – Got to ask questions about why is it important that they don't walk around the building? You know, why is it, you know, get them to explain this is a secure facility and, and try to get everyone scared about what could happen if you let people walk around the building, which is really silly, as I said. But, but Jim could, was, was not allowed to bring up that, in fact, we'd walked around three other jails on, on numerous occasions with no incident. Yeah, so, all the things that you can't bring up is how they fix these things. Except, mm-hmm. except the prosecution could. The prosecution yeah. could. So back to uh, Mr. Juror here. Oh, wait a minute. The audio out. For well, I, I think people are hung up on the... We went to no, unanimous no pretty quickly in the morning. Jesus Christ Did they explain the why that they changed their mind? Well, I, I think people are hung up on the personally thing. Uh, on the personally? Yeah. That, that, that wasn't my personal concern, but a, a lot of people are hung up on what... Because personally can mean one-on-one, but in this context it probably didn't. I, I think people thought that... Now, the personally thing is where... Um, Essentially, in the law for criminal trespass in New Hampshire and probably many other uh, states, it says that this warning by an authorized individual, someone who's authorized to decide who can and cannot be on a piece of property, the warning must be communicated personally. And this was one of the issues in the trial was, was this communicated personally? What is the definition of personally? Who decides well, according this? to each and every cop, they did not communicate it personally. When when Jim just asked them, "Did you personally communicate it to me?" and they said no, they said no. Every that's single right. one of them, even though so the according state, to them, it wasn't personally communicated. But the state tried to, um, I guess, vacate that by stating that, well, personally doesn't mean personally; it means <laughs> in person, meaning a person gave the order. So therefore, since a person gave the order, it was communicated personally to you. And so that was essentially the position of the state. And during the uh, the deliberation. They actually had a question regarding the question of uh, what what the word personally meant. Uh, So they, you know, they brought the juries back in. Uh, The judge addressed this question to them. And he basically gave the jury the instructions that you have to decide what it means, which I thought was a, a, a they fairly— They bring the jury back in. They brought the uh, the two parties back in, uh, Jim and the prosecution. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, right. That's right. They didn't bring the jury in, but the judge explained that. He, uh, that's right. The judge conferred with the two parties. He told them what his answer was going to be, asked them if they had any problem with that. They they apparently said, no, there's no problem. So then the judge instructed the jury that he they were to decide what personally meant. And so I guess this juror and the rest of them decided that because this man who— is known for mumbling, who mumbles on the stand. Nice enough guy. I like him personally. 
personally. Uh, I like him as, a, as an individual, uh, the, the sergeant in this corrections officer that, that uttered this phrase. Right. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> I would have handled this entirely different. That's the frustrating part about this is, you know, you see somebody. As a defendant, you mean. Yeah. As you see somebody that you really like, you know, your friend up there trying their best in these in this very awkward and difficult uh, situation to defend themselves. Um, he didn't have hold out a lot of hope. For being found not guilty, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, 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 I don't know. He wanted to get out of there quickly, and I think that that uh, that he could have. Well, that brings me up to areas that he could have made it uh, his defense better. The quickness point that you bring up is something I wanted to discuss. Uh, one of the things that Jim did was, and I kind of thought this would be a good approach in advance, and now I'm rethinking. Um, and this is, of course, what is useful about having people do these trials and, and us watching them and you as well observing yeah, them is sure. we can learn from each other's mistakes and hopefully we'll, we'll all do better in the future. But maybe keeping it short was the wrong idea. When Jim gave his opening statement, it was very good. It was very passionate. Um, he made the point that he was going to try if, – if the prosecutor would keep it short, we could be out of here by 11 a.m. This was yeah. last week. So he's trying I, to I like that myself. First. Throw the I jury a bone. Hey – I'm trying to get you out well, of here. And he also, I'm on your side. But no, but there was a good point too. It was that for sure. And I'm sure the jury is thinking I'd like to get out of here, but but more importantly, he pointed out how that this the whole arrest was was over something so trivial and it shouldn't have been an arrest in the first place. And and I think that was the point he was trying to make is that he, if you watch this, you'll see there's no victim, there's no security violation of the prison, there's nothing uh this is a this was a very peaceful assembly um that in fact uh it was just nothing was disrupted. It was no big deal and they were making a huge deal out of it. And Jim was trying to say this is not the big deal they're trying to make it out to be. Right, and he wanted to respect the jury's time. He knew that they're busy. Yep. He wanted to get them out of there as quickly as possible. And of course, the prosecutor... Apparently, they didn't respect his time because they no. found him guilty and they know he's going to get time for it. Well, he said know. up to a year. He, he said, was, yeah, right, right there in, in, in court, he said, I could get up to a year But, for but this. the court... Took, but the, the judge told Objection! You can't the, say how long that we'll give you! But You're the not judge, allowed to the, tell these people what the consequences the judge, their freaking actions are! But the judge said that yeah, they had to disregard that. So what? <laughs> they heard it. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. So should he have taken more time? Now you can tell me. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from Maine to Hawaii. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And don't forget to get registered for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's the biggest liberty-oriented event of 2011, and it's happening this June 20th through the 26th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful white mountains of new hampshire same location as last time beautiful location the people though are the best reason to go hundreds of other like-minded liberty-oriented people together in the same place 
having a blast. All kinds of activities, everything from agorism in action, live musical performances, panel discussions, speeches, family fun, games, camping. Man, it's a it's a lot of fun. I even hear there's going to be a dunk tank uh, on premises. You're going to sit in it, right? I plan on sitting in the dunk tank. I, I am probably going to lose $20 trying to knock you in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you not good at... Throwing balls. I'm not no, very is, good. Is this, you're talking about it. This is at the Port the Fest. Festival. Yeah, a Port Fest. Okay. Because yeah. I know there's talk of a dunk tank also at uh, the Keen Fest, the Keen Festival thing, right? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. Because think I was I thinking would... the Status would love to dunk free Keeners. They and the might. free Keeners would love to dunk Status. And each one could be their own fundraising event. Yeah, we could get uh, maybe the police chief out there or something. Yeah, like and that. then and free Staters would be throwing <laughs> chunking stuff at him. And then and then they would be chunking stuff at free Staters. Like, you oh, come I to my jail and you walk around it. You're not supposed to walk around a jail. Uh, that would be hilarious to get the guy out from uh, Mumbles, to bring Mumbles out and have him uh, sit up <laughs> Oh, I'd love to dunk Mumbles. <laughs> Uh, so go to porkfest.com to get registered. Uh, use our discount code Free Talk Live with no spaces to save 20% on your early bird registration. Porkfest, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Uh, I mentioned the agorism in action. That's people selling things without permission from the government. So like food vendors vending food without a permit. I know that Mandrick is uh, planning on being there doing his gyros and uh, his baklava, which uh, is awesome. And he actually happens to be here in Keene uh, tonight and is, is uh, doing that special for uh, for the activists. He's on like a, an advanced tour. He's going around New Hampshire. He's going uh, to, to Grafton tomorrow. I think he's going to Manchester once this week. And he's actually cooking in different locations, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, and it is. So, yeah, that's actually going on as we speak. Uh, so porkfest.com, get registered and get up there. It's going to be a blast. If you want to be around other like-minded, liberty-oriented people, this is the place. Hundreds of people have made the move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There's a long way that we need to go. We're early, early on in this movement. I mean, it hasn't even officially begun yet. We're the early movers. We, there are only 10,600 people that have signed up. We want to hit 20,000. So we're just over 50% of the way. Excuse me, 10,700 people, last time I looked, uh, have signed up. So we're still just over 50% of the way there. We need your help. There's a lot of work that still needs to be done. Clearly, I mean, we've got a jury returning a guilty verdict for a man who did no harm to another human being, was on public, so-called public property in a place that was completely unsecured despite the claims of the government bureaucrats. And now we're interviewing a juror as to why it is that uh, he found this peaceful man, our friend Jim Johnson, guilty. I think people thought that by the letter of the law, he was guilty. Did anyone take the jury nullification information into uh, factor? Did you it receive that information? It wasn't discussed. I thought I actually didn't read that pamphlet, but mm-hmm. I've heard about it. I've like read about it, and, and I, I didn't read it. I, I typically think of uh, jury nullification as coming into play when there's when we believe that there's an unjust law. You know, for example, for marijuana possession. And that's where he says he thinks marijuana possession is BS. Um, well, that's good. Uh, so you, marijuana you possession, you would have found, like if it were a marijuana I, case, I, I you very would have well found may not have, guilty. For example. Um, but wh- now, that's not a very firm answer, is it? He very well yeah. may have uh, used nullification well, on the Well, he was trying to be, uh, he was dancing around, you know, the jurors felt this and that, and he wouldn't say what he felt at any given point. Well, I do ask him uh, how he felt and how he voted on, on Thursday at one point, and he does reveal that here in a moment. Um, but your thoughts are certainly welcome on all this at 800-259-9231. So I asked about jury nullification because we handed out fully informed jury information to this juror, to the jury pool, 
uh, when they were selecting jurors a couple weeks before the trial. So a number of these jurors, I know for a fact, a number of these jurors took that information. Whether they read it or not is another question. Typically, that stuff does get read by people because you're sitting in a They're jury bored. selection pool. I'm sorry? They're bored. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a slow process. It takes time. They're just sitting there. And so it's a great opportunity for them to read this information that, that explains to them what the real truth is about juries. And that is that they can uh, vote not guilty and vote their conscience. They can t- uh, say, this is nonsense. This law is stupid. This man shouldn't have been arrested. Not guilty. Doesn't matter what it says. So this guy even claims to know what jury nullification is Which is, is amazing. About. I mean, it means that you guys are doing a great job. Sure. I mean, that's progress, right? But at the same time, and as you pointed out, Mark, it's easy to critique somebody who's on trial. It's much harder to actually be on trial. But one of the things I think Jim should have done in his closing statement, which he kept real short, and we were talking about the amount of time that, that Jim took to present his case. He only called one witness when he could have called more of us. Yeah. There were, we were in the courtroom there. We would have, ha- would have been happy yeah. to, uh, to come yeah. up there. Now, I understand he would have had to put us in, in advance on his witness list, but I would have had no problem doing that. Uh, well, not necessarily. If you're doing a direct rebuttal to a testimony, which is the, the guy effectively – and I thought the guy saying that he effectively communicated for us to leave – I could go up there and testify. Absolutely not. All I saw was his lips moving, and I didn't know what he was saying. Yeah. Well, it's my understanding they want a list of witnesses in advance, but I, again, I'm not a lawyer, so right. I don't know well, how I mean, that works. I, the, the, and then I heard that that's true, but I heard that if it's a direct rebuttal to a witness's testimony, like like that guy's huh, testimony, interesting. Then, it, then you can call someone suddenly. So, um, But that has to, of course, that's under the judge's approval. The judge would have right. to say, yes, I think I consider that. He could explain to him, this is what he's going to testify to. It's in direct rebuttal. That's all he's going to testify to. He's not going to introduce any new evidence and, either, and so on. Either way, having more people would have given a bit of variety as far as people who were rebutting what the state cops would say. Right. Even though none of us are wearing a uniform with a badge, so therefore we wouldn't have that magical statist legitimacy credibility factor that the cops seem to have. So To some extent, a lot of, I think, what, what swayed it was there's so many witnesses all saying he shouted it across the mountain types yep. for them to leave when it, he didn't, of course. But there were several cops saying that. Right. And then one witness saying, nope, I didn't hear him. And they, and they were thinking, well... He might not have been as close as Jim was or something. And then the very end, of, during his closing statement, he could have brought up jury nullification at that point. He kind of touched on it in his opening statement. So yeah. I, I had hoped it was going to be a, an integral part of his case. It ended up not being. He kind of just really closed down his closing statement very quickly. Yeah. And Nothing to it. I mean, just... And wrapped, and wrapped it up in the hopes, I think, that the, the quickness would help the jury and like get them to appreciate that he was just trying to He's, get this over You know, I, I understand his approach because all through it, I felt like the prosecution was being really ridiculous and Jim seemed like really rational. Maybe I'm just really biased. No, I, very we possible. should point out. But he the, seemed very calm and rational and, and, and not wasting time, whereas the prosecution seemed to be using this shotgun smokescreen approach. The, the, we should point out that the prosecution, before Jim waved, uh, you know, that he, he made a stipulation that I was there or something, that, they, that he in fact was there or something like that, this guy had just reams of questions for this one dude and was going to ask yeah. that for the four other Every witnesses yeah. that he had. This would have been a three or four day trial. It's crazy. No doubt this would have been. And, uh, you know, was that good or bad? I, I can tell you, I wouldn't have been there for all four days. It just, it's, it, would, it was, it would have been a, a marathon. So you can tell that this uh, this juror is not proud of uh, of what he did. I mean, just kind of by his body language and and he, he's looking down in many cases when he's answering these these questions. Um, 
and again, well, he was very reluctant to answer when when they they had the person one person who was the I forget what they call the person the foreman the foreman of the jury he announced that you know they had to come to the conclusion of guilty and then they asked if everyone agreed I saw he was closest to us the one you interviewed and and he was very reluctant to answer he kind of like you said looked down and then eventually was like yeah. You know, that's that's the impression I got, you know, because he was sitting close to us. So even though he knew about nullification, he still went ahead and found him. But I hate to I hate to beat up on this guy who seemed like one of the most one of the more reasonable ones. in. No, the he's group, a nice guy. No doubt. You know? <laughs> I mean, he took the time to talk to us. But exactly. we're just pointing. And I don't feel like we're beating up on him. We're yeah, just yeah. making observations about things he say or he says here in this interview that are con- self-contradictory that he may not even yeah. realize until later. You know, maybe he'll be in, in bed tonight and thinking about what he said and what he was thinking and. And maybe he'll come to the conclusion on his own that, man, what have I done? Anyway, we'll continue. Walking around the jail, um, that felt like... Well, yeah, I I thought... Believe me, I I gave a lot of thought to this. I I don't think you should have been arrested in the first place, to be perfectly honest with you. But (laughs) when you you look at the letter of the law, uh, I, I, I do believe that the officer at the prison communicated the order to leave personally. And that order was violated. So by letter of law, he was guil- guilty. And I was. It's. Were you one of the holdouts? Excuse me. No, I was not. But he was not one of the four. He oh, was, he was actually one of the people who thought he was guilty. Correct. Right out the gate, this guy oh, thought he, he right. was. At the end of the day on Thursday, this guy was one of the eight who was for guilty. And I'd like to point out um, that, you know, that the the power of the the. The other people's, um, you know, dispositions of their cases, I think, would have really swayed this jury. Hey, look, you know, there's nine people on trial here. This is the last one, and they've all been found guilty or not, uh, not guilty or guilty of lesser charges. What do you guys think? All right, there's more coming up here. I, there's more of this interview. Uh, we'll play the rest of it coming up in hour two, and you can take control as well. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You've heard the saying, one good thing leads to another? It's true, especially when you're talking about CentOS. Choosing CentOS for your company's rental uniform leads you to the finest service, quality, and innovation. And now it leads you to popular Carhartt branded apparel. That's right. CentOS, the leading provider of rental uniform programs, and Carhartt, the premier brand of retail workwear, have partnered to bring you a new and exclusive offering. It's the Carhartt Rental Workwear Program, only from CentOS. You'll enjoy CentOS's weekly pickup and delivery, professional cleaning and repairs. You'll look good and feel good wearing comfortable Carhartt branded apparel. You'll wear Carhartt to work and CentOS will do your laundry. The Carhartt Rental Workwear Program is exclusive to CentOS. It's easy to get started. Have your company go to CentOS.com for all the details. That's C-I-N-T-A-S dot com. CentOS, the uniform people. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free, so head over there and enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. For those of you just tuning in, uh, we are discussing 
the historic trial of one Jim Johnson, a friend of ours, uh, somebody who has been here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project for a long time. Mark, he moved here before uh, you and I did, actually. Indeed. So much longer than uh, than all three of us. And uh, he was uh, facing a jury trial last week, the very first ever jury trial of any Free State activist that I'm aware of. And the jury found him guilty of so-called criminal trespass based on uh, some really flimsy uh, flimsy stuff. Uh, a, a man who claims as a correctional officer to have come out and notified everyone that uh, they had to leave, which none of us heard. D- Dale, did you hear it when you were there? Uh, no. I did not either. And uh, Jim said he didn't hear it, and he called up somebody onto the witness stand who said that he didn't hear it. But nonetheless, five cops said that, that uh, the man said it, so therefore Jim I, must have heard I, and, it. Well, in fact, what I did experience was uh, I, there was a time when I, I'm pretty sure that's when he said for us to leave, but I didn't hear him. I saw his lips move, mm-hmm. and he was I mean, he was looking in our direction, yeah. and he looked really timid and, and like afraid, and, and which I thought was silly because we weren't doing anything threatening. Or, right. But um, but you know, just large numbers of people, and I guess he's he just thought we were. You don't know what to think of that. They don't know what to think of it. But but I actually did a peace sign at him, and I smiled at him, and I was like, "Look, don't be afraid to come up and talk to me." That sure. was my whole point. And if you want to come up and say you've got to leave now, then I would have left. But right. I did not hear what he said. I suspect that's when he was telling me to leave. And I'll be. And I did honestly say on the witness stand, I, I bet that's when he was telling us to leave. And and I. But I did not hear him, and so I didn't. I didn't. You know. Uh, uh, I think I said something to that effect. I saw him move his lips. And when you and say, I saw him make a very vague gesture like waving his hand toward the parking lot when you say on the witness stand you don't mean during this recent trial you mean during your trial during my trial i I decided to testify so we're talking about some of the things that uh that went wrong uh some of the things maybe that could have been done differently but it's easy for us to to look you know hindsight being 2020 it's easy for us to say well i would have done that and i would have done that um it makes it makes it a little more difficult when you are the one with the pressure on when you're the one who's standing there all alone trying to defend yourself and so I would have liked to have seen more mention of jury nullification because I know that you can do it in New Hampshire. Uh, there was a, the Nurse Patricia trial where uh, a lady was uh, convicted of um, having growing marijuana plants. And during her trial, her attorney brought up jury nullification, which is an extra ballsy thing to do. I mean, for an attorney to do something like that. Yeah, that's that very surprising because is, they, have, they have a – They're scared. They're they're under duress essentially. Right. The, the attorneys <laughs> the, are frightened. There's a conflict of interest with any attorney because because they're... they've sworn an oath to uh, administer the court's rules or whatever, yeah. and uh, and they're essentially an officer of the court, and then the judge could have them disbarred uh, for for doing things the judge doesn't like. So this attorney brings up jury nullification, explains it to the jury, and encourages them to nullify in in Nurse Patricia's case. Unfortunately, that didn't help either because in that case the jury came back unanimously guilty and convicted this nurse, this sweet old lady of uh, you know. Know, felony mar- marijuana cultivation. Now she's facing a few years in in prison as a result of that. So it's certainly no pan- you know no panacea. It's not going to uh, to solve all of the problems uh, that it, uh, we would like to hope that it will because people. Even if they know what jury nullification is, they're still subject to the groupthink uh, mentality or the group pressures that you were talking about in the last hour, which are very, very powerful when you've got a group of people that are very upset. I mean, anybody ever seen 12 Angry Men? I have. Yes. It's a yes. great movie. I highly recommend uh, taking a look at it. It's, it's an example of one man who does have the fortitude to stand oh, strong against absolutely. the jury. I, well, that's all I'm saying is, is the dynamics of groups. And, yeah. you know, the fact is in groups, there's going to be one or two people, excuse me, two or three people that are going to be the strong leaders. And yep. 
those people are going to sway that jury one way or the other. The rest of them are going to be like, oh, yeah, I think this, I think that. Take a moment, Mark. I know you've got Netflix. Um, plug that one into your Netflix. It's a classic. Henry Fonda's in it and uh, yeah, there's a couple of other. Yeah, it's it's a movie that that just, you know, everyone should watch, really. It's based on a, a, a true story as Is well. Is it? Yep. Oh, interesting. That's right. Sounds uh, like it. The Gideon case down in, I believe it was uh, down in Florida. Anyway, we continue. I love the It's a fascinating movie. The whole movie takes place in the deliberation room of the jury. You don't even yeah. see the trial. Pretty you, much. Just, you just see them talking about the trial, and that is the whole movie. And it's and it's a, it's riveting, and it goes by in no time, even though it's a full-length movie. Let's go to your phone calls. We're going to continue with this interview with the juror here in a moment, but let's talk first to Lewis in Maine. Lewis, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Dale, and Mark. Yes, sir. I, hey. uh, I basically just have a number of questions, and I, uh, I don't want to uh, come across as being critical uh, because I'm all for you and uh, – but I was just wondering why he um, didn't have his own lawyer, why he uh, conducted the case. Pro- Can you afford that? Yeah, it's expensive. Pardon me? Can you afford a lawyer? No, no. That's. Uh, but I was just, uh, if he couldn't afford it, he couldn't get a court-appointed attorney. Would you really want an agent of the state uh, as your attorney? Uh, you know, I, I, you got a point there, uh, uh, but... Uh, uh, you never can tell. I mean, it's an unfa- I that's know. an unfair question on my part because some uh, public defenders are really great guys, yeah. and they they will. I do know their- one who I would who's probably the only one I would trust to be my lawyer. But even so, he would be under restrictions, of, right? But There's, that I wouldn't be under. Exactly. There are things that the lawyer cannot right. do. There are things he cannot ask because he would be afraid of being punished by the the bar system. And I really wonder about right, this. But he could give you advice too. He could. <laughs> It, it would be nice to be able to, to watch the lawyer do the thing and then sit back uh, like I did in the jury thing, uh, in the, uh, not the jury area, but the, the observation area. Then Jim would essentially be able to sit back and watch what the, uh, the lawyer does and then be able to think of things as stuff goes and then tell the lawyer to do this, to tell the lawyer to yeah. do that. If it comes to a situation where the lawyer can't do something, couldn't he just pop up and ask the question that, himself? I'm not sure. That's what I'm wondering. I was going to ask the caller no. that. Um, no, if, if you have a coin-appointed lawyer, you can't just use them for advice, can you? Yes. Well, okay, hold on now. This is an Important point. Jim could likely have had what they call standby counsel, where right. you do have an attorney in your corner, but okay. you are that you are on the lead in the case. Right. That attorney cannot ask any questions, cannot be your uh, your front running attorney. He's just I there see. for you. That see, is that, a possibility. That, that might not have been a bad idea, actually. Yeah, Listen. well, I guess what I'm saying is because I was just wondering about his prep before the trial, because from what I'm hearing from you all. It seems like that uh, there's some questions as to whether there was a crime at all. Uh, you know, I don't know what he asked the jury during voir dire, which was interviewing for the jury. That's if another he problem to- here in New Hampshire. You can only submit questions for voir dire in advance to the judge, and the judge determines as to whether or not those questions will be asked. And the judge asks all the questions, and it's my understanding that probably Jim didn't know that, uh, so okay. he didn't have that. Uh, he didn't. How about how about any. discovery to find out what evidence the prosecutor was going to be bringing? Yeah, should have he should have. Buried them in discovery, and that's really uh, this. Uh, that's really one of the the places that a lawyer could have had a a big effect. Uh, I think they would have still responded. They were prepared to go through a, for a four day trial here, but he, you know, this was an area that it was uh, that just sort of not approached. Well, to be right. to be fair, these are all things that that you learn over time, yeah. and usually yeah. you learn by making the mistakes. That's how I've. I mean, I've been to court a few times now myself, and I've made plenty yeah. of mistakes. So I was just wondering if you thought if he had had a a uh, 
a lawyer, would the prosecution have backed down? I guess I'm saying, you know, because they knew it was him, they figured they could just, you know, uh, bowl him over and that they, you know, uh, he would miss a whole bunch of things. It's an interesting approach. I mean, I I think a lawyer would have made all the difference here. A liberty-minded lawyer, um, you know, I can't say, but I think it would have. Well, interestingly, there was an attorney from the public defender's office in that trial. There was a guy, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, Mark and Dale, on the the day of the trial, there was this kind of this guy that was kind of lurking around, and I just decided to go say hello to him and introduce myself and ask him who he was and and what his interest was in the case, and he, I forget his name, but he said he was there from the public defender's office, and uh, that he was particularly interested in this case because it's not your typical case. You know, you don't normally see cases like this. So maybe he would have been able to provide that assistance that you're talking about. But at the same time, I also understand Jim, if he, and I'm not, I'm not going to speak for him, but I'll speculate to suggest that maybe Jim just doesn't want to have anything to do with their system and would feel icky bringing on a state-paid attorney onto yeah. his staff. But at the well, same time, you know, you did pay for it with taxes, so why not? Yeah. So there's still an issue of uh, mens re. I don't know if that plays a part in this. In other words, guilty intent, criminal intent, and... Hello? Yep, you're right there. Go ahead. Okay, and then quick, quick. Um, I was wondering if he's going to be able to appeal it. Uh, Good question. We'll come back to that here in a moment, and I thank you for the call tonight. More on the way of the uh, this historic case with Jim Johnson being convicted of so-called criminal trespass. Can he appeal it? We'll explain in a moment. 800-259-9231. You can take control as well. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of these airwaves. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight. It's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. You can join Dale on his websites. He's got two of them that are of interest to you. Uh, Anarchyinyourhead.com is his comic website. And then there's also his radio show, which is Prometheus Unchained. You can get that over at FlamingFreedom.com. Highly recommended and growing in popularity. Oh, yeah. This, it, it seems to be getting more downloads every week. So. Yep. So uh, FlamingFreedom.com for more of Dale. Uh, your thoughts are certainly welcome here tonight at 800-259-9231. Identity theft. You hear about it all the time. I mean, it, <laughs> you can't turn on the news. You can't uh, listen to talk radio without hearing about identity theft. You know that it can cause you all kinds of problems, you and your family, all kinds of problems, especially if you're um, looking to keep your credit good for purchasing a car, purchasing a home. Um, it, it can it can just occupy your mind for months. And uh, not to mention that, but these people can find your address. Uh, they can do all kinds of things. I don't want you to suffer the personal and financial firestorm that identity theft brings. Protect yourself and your family with the same identity theft protection that I use, LifeLock. LifeLock's the best, and it's guaranteed. So join me in my mission that not one of you will fall victim to identity theft this year. I need you to call now because I was able to get you a 60-day bonus of LifeLock if you call now. Do it it for yourself. Do it for your family. Call 800-242-2222. 
800-242-2693. It's 800-242-2693. One more time with that 800 number, 800-242-2693. LifeLock. All right. Continuing here uh, with your thoughts on the historic trial of uh, the first jury trial ever of a freedom liberty activist here from the liberty movement uh, post the Free State Project here in New Hampshire. Our friend Jim Johnson was found guilty today on one count of criminal trespass, and that's all he was charged with. After the state spent, oh, who knows how much money prosecuting him, they certainly spent an entire day yeah. uh, tied up the, pros- the county pro- one of the county prosecutors for an entire business day prosecuting this guy. Uh, the uh, jurors came back with a unanimous guilty verdict, and it was sad and unfortunate, and uh, we're kind of going over some of the details of the trial. If you missed a lot of our conversation, you can just grab the archive later uh, tonight at freetalklive.com. Uh, but we're actually in the midst of playing, we, we're going to return to in a moment, uh, playing the audio from an interview with one of the jurors as to what what were you thinking? I mean, this juror said that he thought the guy shouldn't have been arrested. Jim shouldn't have been arrested in the first place, but he found him guilty anyway. Yeah, that's that's a really bizarre dichotomy to me. I don't know how you come to both of those conclusions it's on one hand understanding at a basic level i think the concept of jury nullification but on the other hand being going by the letter of the law right being too heavily indoctrinated into into the concept of uh the statism kind of viewpoint uh to actually break away from that and plus having the group uh mentality of you know the majority of people wanted guilty and so you know he was in that majority initially and and certainly wasn't going to break away from it i i don't know i mean some of the things that he said uh, getting his frame of mind he felt the jury nullification points to laws that you don't think should be laws and in this case i'd think that trespass should be against the law, whatever the law might be. If there are going to be laws, let's have things like trespassing be things that are against them. He's um, saying, well, what defines this type of trespassing? This type of trespassing is defined by being told personally mm-hmm. by the owner or a, a designee to leave. Um, he believes that the you know the, he believes the, that was done. That mumbles the, the the sergeant that told him sergeant mumbles told uh, told Jim personally communicated to him personally uh, this uh, that he was supposed to leave and that that was good enough. Um, Case closed. Yeah, there there needed to be. I, I think that there were you know there could have been a, a lot of examples about how um, you know this is normally handled when you're dealing with a normal property owner instead of well, especially uh, when you're talking about the 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 people. There were twelve people left standing in the parking lot. They weren't even at the building anymore. They were out in the parking lot, which is a very public space. Yep, not doing anything but standing around talking to each other very calmly and quietly. And there was an opportunity to say, "You have to go now. You're going to be under arrest." But they didn't. That's they, and they absolutely no one would would do that. They they wanted to make an example of us. That's right. They wanted to crack down. Now, the question before we went to break was, can Jim appeal? And in New Hampshire, the situation is this. There are three courts. There's district, there's superior, and there's uh, supreme. I think there's also a probate, but that's not in the same chain. So district, superior, supreme. In this case, he already went to district, was found guilty there, appealed to superior because it was a misdemeanor class A, which means you can have a jury trial. He got his jury trial. They found him guilty. At this point, that means all he can do is appeal to the Supreme Court. However, despite the New Hampshire Constitution's guarantee that that justice should be provided free, they charge people for appeals. And Jim doesn't want to pay the fine. He was fined, by the way. We haven't told you actually what the, the sentence was. Today, the sentence was imposed. It's 29 days suspended, meaning the, that uh, he's got a 29-day jail sentence that they've suspended. So it's kind of hanging over his head. If he gets arrested for something else within, I think it was a year or two. I don't recall. Do you recall what it was? A year or two? Of, uh, I believe it was. Two, three? I believe. Three, I'm being told it was three uh, uh, by uh, one of my producers, uh, Damo from LibertyOnTour.com. Uh, so three years suspended, which is a huge suspension. 
extended sentence. Uh, well, how long was the, the sentence? Was twenty nine days? That's what you, that's are you talking about? What the, the what the prosecutor was asking for? Or what, I'm talking about what, what actually, he got. What actually got? Because I thought it was. No, you're maybe right. I'm being told you it was three. Right. Um, so anyway, he's he's got that thir- 29 days in jail, just hanging over his head. And then um, there was also a fine in addition to that, a $500 fine. But of course, there's a tax on the fine, so the fine actually came up to $625 uh, after all was said and done. Which means that if he doesn't pay the fine, that he'll have to go to jail at $50 a day. Um, he's but also trying a, to get community yeah, service okay. as well, which this actually hasn't been nailed down. It was kind of weird today because yeah. at one point uh, they they kind of had this sentencing portion. The judge agreed that it was going to be the 29 days with a suspended sentence and the fine, and they agreed on all that. Or the judge, you know, kind of decided on all that. But then he put the court in recess, and we all just kind of some of us left because we thought it was over. And then we found out that some of you were still there, so we came back and we kind of waited around Jim, for a while. Jim was under the impression it was not over because he said recess. Right. And then uh, then a demo was like after we waited around for like a half an hour, we're like, well, what the heck's going on here? There's other people showing up for other cases. We went downstairs. We talked to the people at the window and said, what's the status in, in Jim's case? Oh, we're done. We're not going to we're not coming back for today. Uh, they'll send him something in the mail and we'll have the rest of the sentencing later. So then we went all left and went out to breakfast uh, together. And and that was uh, that was that. So if Jim wants to appeal, he'd, he'd have to pay $180 to the Supreme Court to even get them to look at the case. Or he'd but have the to... Supreme Court isn't going to rule on whether or not he's guilty or not guilty. That's correct. The Supreme Court's going to rule on whether or not the case was handled fine. And he did. I mean, you know, like it was a it was a poorly uh, defended case. And they're going to say he got his fair trial. And that's the end of it. Yeah. So it's not going to be worth it. Uh, the only other way to get an the appeal. The judge did the right thing mostly in here. Um, you know, so it's, you know, as to how the jury should have responded you know i don't agree with it as to how jim you know defended his case i i don't you know it wasn't it wasn't me up there i i'm certain i would have done a better job but it's not my butt on the line i'm not the one who goes goes out and does this activism so the only way he could get the appeal besides paying the 180 dollars is to fill out a financial affidavit or so i thought I uh, that's what I believe because I tried to appeal a couple things to the the Supreme Court and they bounced mine back because I refused to fill out the affidavit. I cited their constitution and I said, uh, "Well, your constitution says your justice system is supposed to be free." And they wrote me back, kicked it back in my face, and said, "Oh no, that just means that uh, we're not subject to bribes. (laughs) So you can still pay our fee. We're we're sick of you annoying us. Or fill out this two-page detailed financial affidavit." But. One of the uh, ladies that actually has some experience in the system kind of doing things pro se said that she got them to waive the fee once by writing uh, her own affidavit and basically just swearing in a testimonial that she can't afford to pay. So she didn't fill out their form at all, and she got it approved. So maybe there is another road. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's, helping bring your family together with wholesome dinner options, even on the busiest of nights. Find dinner table ideas to bring your family together at letsfixdinner.com. To get kids involved in dinnertime conversation, ask specific questions, not broad ones. Instead of what happened today at school, try what was the best thing that happened today. The more specific you are, the more they'll have to say. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, take control of the airwaves and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there for free. Head on over and uh, visit 
m.freetalklive.com. If you've got a mobile phone, a smartphone, you can access our mobile site by going to m.freetalklive.com for quick access to our live streams and our podcast. That's m.freetalklive.com. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduates, graduate students, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all kinds of journalism and public policy. Interns have gone on to uh, ABC's 2020, the Financial Times, Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, The Economist, Cato Institute, many more. The internship includes a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, and training throughout the summer. Visit Libertarian internships.com for more information you can sign up there to receive updates and reminders this is a great opportunity for somebody who's in college and or just recently gotten out libertarian internships.com all right so uh, we're going to continue here we've been talking about a trial in quite a bit of detail that uh, many of us all of us saw Uh, mark you were there dale you were there uh, for the initial trial and then today was the final deliberations of the jury uh, bright and early this morning which took just a few moments and they came back with a guilty verdict, unfortunately, for our friend Jim Johnson, who committed the vicious, horrible crime of going to an ostensibly public jail and walking around this unsecured facility because there's no fences or any kind of security measures to actually prevent you from walking around this jail. You could you could walk up uh, you can walk up and approach this jail from any one of 360 degree uh, directions. I mean, there's nothing in the way uh, except for like a forest on one side. I mean, there's nothing. No fence. So. Um, so he was convicted of uh, basically being in a public place and assembling with uh, with his friends, including you and I, uh, Dale. We were also convicted of this, but we didn't get jury trials because they jacked our uh, um, our charges down to violations to prevent us specifically from appealing to a jury. Yep. And he was found uh, guilty today. I, I, I probably in response to the fact that Jim appealed and got a jury. Oh, trial. I agree. I think that they, they were like, oh, we don't want to let everyone do that. And then we'll You're have damn a lot right of jury they trials, don't. Right. Because Jim's trial took an entire business day. And this was in a week in which the, uh, the, the court system here in New Hampshire had to take Friday off because once a month they have what they call unpaid furlough days here in New Hampshire due to the fact that, well, like a lot of state governments around the country, the New Hampshire system isn't a problem. They've got a budget crisis going on. Now, New Hampshire is actually better off than a lot of the state governments around the country. That doesn't mean that they're not crunched for money. And so they're just having to shut down the courts. And so they essentially had their courtroom shut down for two out of the three days because one day Jim Johnson's trial was taking up the entire uh, courtroom. So it's proof, even though that Jim was convicted and found guilty, it's still proof of, I think, my claim that Mass non-cooperation and civil disobedience is a very, can be a very effective method for bringing the system to a grinding halt. Imagine if they did have to give all 12 of us jury trials. <laughs> That'd be a whole month's worth of jury trials, basically. Uh, more. Yeah. Because everybody would have a different approach, and we might call more witnesses than Jim would have called, and, and who knows how it would have Yeah, and like I said, Jim out. shortened his trial quite a bit by coming to some agreements with the prosecutor and judge, and right. it, would have been, it could easily have been a three-, four-day trial. So we talked to a juror outside of the courthouse, managed to grab one of them who was kind enough to uh, to speak to us and express what he was thinking, which was somewhat contradictory in that he thought that Jim should never have been arrested. But on the other hand, he believed that by the letter of the law that he was guilty. So he found him guilty. So let's continue with the interview here. I I was uh, I was a bit torn on the issue. Right. He did not get you. Yeah, that that would have been. I, I think that would have been awful. So you feel like he never should have been arrested in the first place. Well, I think but because it was he a was. judgment call on the part of the police, for sure. 
Did you feel I, it was I hasty? I think he didn't let him go. Did you feel it was hasty on the police's part to just walk up and arrest people without even giving them a warning first? I, I felt like the... I don't know what happened there because they didn't say... Yeah, I figured yeah. I don't maybe know what you happened were. there. I don't know what happened there. That, and that's a shame. It, I the, don't know what happened there. It's a shame that the, that the jurors never heard that the time when the 12 people were arrested, including Jim, they were standing out in the parking lot discussing where to go for dinner. And then the police came up and immediately placed them under arrest. They didn't say, you got, you've been asked to leave. If you don't leave right now, we're going to arrest you, which would have been very easy yeah. to do and could have avoided this entire incident. No, they, well, they very specifically chose to make an example. They wanted to punish uh, us. I think Jim tried to touch on this during the trial. He, he asked yeah. one of the cops, like, well, would you have done this in any other case? Well, And the cop's <clears throat> answer was very vague. He said, well, there would be some circumstances under which I would have done that in some other cases and he never got to find out well what are those specific circumstances in which you would just show up and arrest somebody you know right out the gate without even talking to them first and having some of us come up to testify would have helped with that because one of the nice things about getting up and testifying in a friend's trial is that if they ask you a question you can just ramble on with your answer you don't have to just say yes or no you can say yes and you know i'd like to say that uh, we went to the old jail a number of times and walked around it and didn't have any problems so i had no idea that yes you're sure i saw the no trespassing signs but given my prior experience i had no reason to believe that we were trespassing and yeah and, and, and minnow's only been to one of the other one other jail whereas i've been to three and yeah. then the exact same thing every single one of them and you know if you had uh, the nine people that were arrested for this the other eight people that were uh, arrested for this up on the stand and each one of them kept on saying oh yeah i wasn't i was found not guilty of this either this is silly you know or whatever they if each one of them said it i'm not sure that see that's the problem is i don't think that was allowed you of course allowed it to, wasn't allowed yeah, dale so what? what are they going to do the yeah, hold the yeah. hold the witness no, you're right you contempt? may get it into the jury's ears even yeah. though the the judge says do disregard that right Just, because yeah. you're not allowed to consider that <laughs> He's, well, the, the, each witness would be told not to do it but each witness is sequestered so they haven't seen the rest of the trial exactly right we continue with the uh, jury here, because they didn't say, yeah i figured yeah. maybe you were i wasn't there they didn't describe exactly what happened in that uh-huh. parking lot but if it was me, and I'm not a police officer, so maybe he know he probably knows what he's doing better than me. But yeah. there's that attitude uh-huh. of, uh, well, the cops are professionals. <laughs> Dude, that's, and- that's straight out of my last that comic I did with the the magic badge. <laughs> That mm-hmm. like makes you competent, you know. Right. They're just human <laughs> beings. They lie and they they have feelings and they you know they make mistakes. They make a lot of mistakes, as a matter of fact, which is another good reason to take your charges to trial, uh, because you'll find out what their mistakes are, and you'll actually get to get their evidence and and uh, and see if they haven't crossed their uh, their t's and dotted their eyes. You probably, I, if I were him, I probably would have said, "You guys better get out of here, or I'm going to." That's usually how they do it. Typically, yeah. they'll come and they'll say, "Hey." You know, we don't want to arrest you, so can you take off? And then people leave. And in this case, they just came and sw- swooped us up. Yeah, no, I'm fully aware that basically the crime here is taking one last lap around that yeah. that jail. And it seems kind of minor, and they could have let it go. Uh, yes, he's absolutely right. <laughs> they could have so let could it go. the jurors, because you have the ultimate de- de- deciding power in this case. Right. A single juror could have hung this jury and said... No, this is a silly thing to arrest someone for. I'm not gonna. I'm yeah. not gonna pronounce Look, I, I don't really care about the law in this instance. I'm not gonna spend my tax-paying money to put this guy in jail for up to a year. We all know what a first-degree misdemeanor brings. We all know that it's up to a year. I'm just know. not gonna. I'm going to save the people of Cheshire County this kind of money because this is flaming stupid. They didn't know, though, Mark. I, I don't think we we all here on this show know what a misdemeanor yeah, is. Yeah, but we they had, did after we had Jim told them. legal knowledge compared to the general public. 
Yeah, which is another which, problem. People which is are bizarre ignorant. because I, I consider it a, a, like this blasphemous religion, but I do know more a lot about it. We've been it's thrown kind of, into it. We well, have to like, know more. It's like someone who, it's like an atheist that likes to argue with Christians all the time. They learn the Bible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, That's kind of how we are. Do you find it interesting that uh, there were several things that were similar at the old jail that they hadn't um, messed with? I hadn't given much, that much thought because I, I didn't know anything about the old jail. Right. and It just wasn't discussed much. Um, so... Anyway, I'm, t- I'm tired of this interview. <laughs> so, well, we're going to wrap it up here. No, a little I'm saying bit. He, that's how his is the well, sound I, in his voice. Was. I don't think that's. I don't, I don't think that's the sound in his voice. I think okay. it's the kind of a, a creeping disappointment with what he could have done. I think he knows he could have done more. And at the same time, as he said multiple times now on two different things, that he wasn't well informed. He didn't know what was going on in the parking lot. He wasn't told enough about that. He that didn't know be, what happened at the see, old. See, that jail. should be introducing reasonable doubt in his mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But that, in my mind, that, that's what you would th- you think. Okay, there's a lot of stuff that didn't come up in this trial. We don't know what's going on. They didn't clarify it for us, and that should be a lot of reasonable doubt. But he didn't know. And bringing those things up and spending more time doing a defense would have, I think, at, at first in the beginning, I thought, well, this is a good idea to take it, keep it short, and be respectful of the juror's time. That didn't help Jim. No. I think fleshing out his case more would have helped uh, him. That better. wouldn't have necessarily taken a lot of time either. No, we're coming up here. You can take control at 800 259 9231. Bring up anything you want. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there. We give them to you for free. Uh, And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country so more people can hear the message of freedom and, in this case, jury nullification, which I think is a really important idea. And it's an important idea to get into people's heads and then get them to act on it. It's one thing to understand jury nullification. It's another thing to actually nullify, to actually take action and and do that. And so we've been kind of talking on and off about that here throughout the night as we've been discussing a historic trial that occurred here in Keene, New Hampshire, with the uh, the Free State Project participant Jim Johnson being convicted of criminal trespass. We'll continue an interview with a juror here in a moment. Listen up for something new from Ruger. It's the ideal carbine, the... Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. It's designed to meet the scout rifle criteria of hunt, fight, and defend. An affordable, versatile, reliable rifle. It delivers 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance in a variety of situations. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. It's a serious rifle for those serious about rifles. The perfect do-it-all, bold-action rifle where rugged, reliable Ruger meets the practical-tactical. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. The one rifle to have if you can have only one. Visit Ruger.com or stop by your local firearms retailer today. It's Ruger. 
All right. 800-259-9231. We're going to get back to your calls here in a moment. Just want to wrap up this interview here with the juror who was kind enough to take the time to answer some of my questions on video outside of the courthouse after his jury found our friend Jim Johnson guilty of a so-called criminal trespass for walking around a public facility, uh, the outside of a jail. And that was his crime. It was just absolutely ludicrous. Uh, the video is going to be up at some point at freekeen.com when I get off my button. I actually put the editing. I'm using a new editing program, so I've got to learn. I'll get a little learning curve as well to, uh, to adjust to. So anyway, here's the remainder of the interview with this uh, very nice man who I think understands inherently that what he did was the wrong thing, and he feels bad, kind of dejected, a little bit bad about it, and uh, we continue. But he, you know... Group think, group uh, pressures, uh, peer pressure. It's it's very li- alive and real when you're on a jury, from what I understand. So continue here. Hope there are no more. About, like nobody, there was no proof on the state side of actually him here. Heard the order. I've been sitting right next to people who have said something, but due to being having attention otherwise, like haven't heard somebody say something right next. to I me. I think there is a small chance he didn't get the order, but it's just very but that's small. That's reasonable I, I didn't... doubt, right? Yeah, I understand that. That you know, reasonable doubt is. Is not doesn't mean that there's like some minuscule chance or something. I mean, there's, I understand that that doesn't mean that too. But I mean, I just although I do feel a lot of other things introduce reasonable doubt. Lots of other things introduced a considerable reasonable I doubt. Mean, Jim's Jim isn't the spry young chicken. Um, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of things going on, and I just I can sometimes barely. I'm like a demo. Even in a conversation, sometimes I have trouble hearing what someone's saying when they're two feet away from me, just because of whatever. There's something else going on in the background, and you're in a crowd of people. In this case, there's people talking about all kinds of things, and and also he asked the uh, sergeant to repeat in the tone of voice that he used, um, you know, his his order, and the sergeant. You know, came as close as he could, but his tone of voice wasn't loud. And he no. said, "Well, it might have been louder than that." Yeah. <laughs> Look, if you can't repeat in the tone of voice that you said it when I ask you to do it in that tone of voice, then how am I supposed to believe it's louder? I think I could. It rose to the level of like what, what, a reasonable reason, doubt. Reasonable doubt there wasn't. Well, I mean, there there were a couple of people who thought it also at first right. that there was reasonable doubt there, and I, I understand their point of view, and. and there's an there's an argument to be made there, but I, I thought in the end, man, he he was right there. The whole the he fact that right the whole the sure. way the whole crowd reacted and were leaving, he had to know. No, that's, see, that's that. something. He said the the whole crowd leaving. That's something the prosecutors tried to insert yeah. into the minds of the jurors, but that did not happen. But that, and if they just showed the defended. video, and it not you know, and that was driving me nuts that someone didn't say no, 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 stop, play the video. He was fast forwarding it, mm-hmm. and even even in the fast forward, you could see that they were not leaving. But he was he kept saying that he yeah. introduced into their minds that here's the crowd leaving when in fact that was not what was happening. At it least not most of the crowd for the, for them to go. But then for me personally, the next question would be like public property. We're all forced to pay for that property. Therefore, we should be able to use it and peacefully protest anywhere. I mean, this is, you know, the Constitution says you can peacefully assemble to protest anything, I mean, anywhere that, on public property. I mean, that's another issue. Unfortunately, that didn't, that didn't become... That really wasn't discussed much. Absolutely. He's right. Problem. Yeah, He's it's, right. It's true. Well, in fact, they said early on, this case is all going to be about whether they were asked to leave. You know, whether you like it or not, people have a belief system regarding the constitution whether we agree with the constitution and its concept and you know i know we all didn't sign it and the government doesn't care about it but people do and so it doesn't hurt to bring it up in the trial hey first amendment 
Right to assemble. Look, it's right here. Sir, sir, can you read this? Hand the First Amendment to a Mumbles. Mumbles, can you read? Make sure you're loud about it. <laughs> can you read what this First Amendment here says? You can do that stuff in the court and yeah. you know, bring that up. Or the 10th in New Hampshire, Article 10 of the Constitution is your right to revolution. If you're sick of the government, you have, according to the New Hampshire Constitution, the right to do something about it and protest. You have the obligation. You yeah. have the moral obligation to do something about it. So that would have been another thing to bring up. Uh, again, you know, live and learn, right? Yeah, trial. Should that have been brought up, do you think? Well, I'm not a lawyer. I, I'm not a, I, I can't say, but it, it really wasn't discussed during the trial. Sure and so I, I didn't really know. I mean, so I, I just went by. I just. On public property every weekend. Yeah, and I think they should be able to do that. Right. I mean, you, the, the park property me, and the jail property are the same. You know, they're both public property. Yeah, but, but I, I know, you're right. But. Uh, I mean, there's public property, and all I can go by is I know there's public property in the U.S. that you're just not allowed to just walk onto. That you can't just, just walk onto. I, I have to agree with him. If you're going to have a publicly owned jail, um, like for instance, uh, the right of people to peaceably assemble and build a scaffolding up the side of the jail. Right, right. Most reasonable people would agree that that's success. You know, well, we peaceably assembled the scaffolding. What's wrong with that? Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> so, like, there's there's things that I, I can see why a member of the public would say, you know, that perimeter road around the jail, like, you just can't go marching around that. We didn't build that perimeter but road. But it wasn't even protesting. brought up at yeah, all. I know, and I, I know. think it would have been incredibly relevant to point out that there were no security apparatus to prevent. But, people and again, Again, though, the precedent confusion. had been set at three different jails that that was right. okay to do. And the and cu- confusion that would have been brought up by the fact that it was public property and mentioning that it's public property and mentioning that, hey, you know, we thought we could be here. We've been at three different jails. Da, 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 da. Well, and now it, the precedent has been set that it's it's been found, someone's been found guilty of being at this jail, which is not a good precedent. So the question is, will this scare activists off from doing anything else at the jail? Or well, should it, there be there hasn't a been reprise? anything. Nothing is, it's been a year. Nothing's happened at this jail. Well, right. Many of want, us have been banned If you from guys being wanted there. to stake your claim if I just show jail, up for any reason at all, even to visit someone in the jail, they'll they'll arrest me. We they have should. been the, the the flag should have been put in the ground that week afterwards if that's what you wanted to do. I understand wanted... that, Mark, but it's hard for people who do civil disobedience yep. to continually sure. do more civil disobedience because the, the, they crank up the the penalties yep. on you. So it would be nice to see another fifty people show up to this jail to protest Jim being put. Like if Jim ends up going to jail, which he may still, the sentencing procedure here is not entirely completed yet. He may still end up having to go to jail if they won't accept uh, community service. In which case, will the activists make a stand on this at some point? I don't know. That remains to be seen. Numbers would certainly help that, and uh, you can help us out by coming here at freestateproject.org, but you certainly don't have to do disobedience. There are all other kinds of things you can do. Let's continue. Air Force Base or something like that. They put fences up there, right? They they do. We did talk about this. They should have... They really don't want people walking around there. They should put a fence up. Right. Uh, How can they call it secure if there's no fence or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, the yeah, building's exactly. clearly secure. You can't get in. Exactly. But, uh, I don't want to hold you up anymore. Yeah, Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate your time. Uh, good luck. Man. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for talking Take with us. Really, really yeah. nice guy. And, and very agreeable. I mean, on a lot of the things that we talked about, he was completely in line with what we had to say. Like, uh, and I'm like sure right there's on a the certain, same wavelength. Uh, I'm sure there's also, it's it's great that he stopped and talked to us knowing that there's a, uh, you know, we're, we were friends of the defendant and he just yeah. found our friend guilty. So it's, it could be, I'm sure it could be intimidating or something to feel like you have to talk to the people sure. that you just convicted their friend of uh, of a crime, you know. Yep. So, so that you know, kudos to him for you know sticking around and talking. That's well, you guys wanted to. Okay. That's kind of funny. So, you had an effect, like you had a, you were, 
one person being close is good enough, you know what I mean? That's that's yeah. enough to be next time. Good to know that you're with us on the marijuana thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. This is probably going to end up on the internet. <laughs> you better believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Bye now. It is on the internet. <laughs> so there you have it. And I think that pretty much wraps up our comments on the uh, Jim Johnson situation, the very first ever and probably not the last uh, trial of a liberty activist here in New Hampshire. I know our very own Meg, our Tuesday night co-host, is expecting to be put on trial for standing in front of a police car uh, last year. So that's still to come. And uh, I'm supposed to be put on trial for like five Class A misdemeanor counts uh, for various different things that I did last year, including standing in front of the police car, including the uh, the drinking game. Uh, but they haven't responded to my demand for a jury trial. It's just been sitting out in limbo for four months. Do me a favor, get a lawyer. What? Do me a favor, get a lawyer. I don't do that stuff. More coming up here. You can take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour number three is next. If you're on the line, your calls are coming up, and you can get on the line, too, by dialing in at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's the shirt you wear most. An essential in any professional man's wardrobe. It's the white dress shirt. And for over half a century, the Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt has set the standard for quality, comfort, and style. It regularly starts at $40 or more. But we're so confident that it will become your favorite shirt, we're making it available at the exclusive introductory price of only $19.95. Go to 1995shirt.com and choose our classic button-down with button cuffs or our traditional straight collar with either button or French cuffs. Choose from regular, trim, and big and tall sizes with 55 combinations of collar and sleeve lengths for an exact fit. Order today and you'll also receive free monogramming and 850 value. Go to 1995shirt.com right now to order your Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt for just 1995. Enter promo code TUCK. That's 1995shirt.com. Promo code TUCK. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. And enjoy the features on the site. The main feature actually allows you to control the content. You find something online you think's interesting? You just submit it to our website as show prep, and then other listeners will vote up or down on whether they like or dislike what you've suggested. You get to vote on things as well. And the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. So head over there, get interactive. It's all totally free. Once again, freetalklive.com. Dale had to uh, skate out. He's got a, another responsibility. He's going to volunteer at the local homeless shelter, and he's got to, got to take care of that here. So I'm sure we'll hear from him again soon. Uh, in the meantime, we will hear from you as we go to the phones and to the fun. Let's start and talk to Dan in New York, listening to WNYY in Ithaca. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yes, um, hey, a couple of things. Uh, until '63, uh, until 1963, dollar bills said silver certificate on them and could be swapped for a silver dollar. Um, then they put out a Federal Reserve note dollar bill and told us immediately that you couldn't swap the silver certificate for a dollar in silver anymore. Was that 63? And, I thought it was 34 or 35. No, no, really. no, it was 63. Um, I, mean, I was born in 49. Huh. So, uh, and... Um, 
the um, after the the silver certificates were virtually all gone, and pulled out of circulation, and all the dollar bills said Federal Reserve note. Then they said, oh, they were always worth a dollar in silver. You could swap it, and at that point, people started advertising they'd buy your silver certificates for a dollar forty each, and some people even, you know would send their silver certificates to a guy in a motel room somewhere, um, and he was supposed to send them back the dollar forty for each silver certificate they sent him. Uh, so there was a big scam, but I was kind of uh, upset as a kid because uh, they told us that the silver certificates weren't worth a dollar in silver anymore, and then like a year later, I said, oh, yeah, they always were. Um, hmm. Anyway, uh, JFK in 63 brought out a United States note, not by the Federal Reserve, in summer of 63, he printed $5 bills. They have red serial numbers. They have a red seal on them. And where the Federal Reserve seal would be on the left side of the face, uh, it just says a big five, and it says this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. Mm-hmm. So he was printing money that wasn't done by the Federal Reserve. And uh, he didn't live for what, another three, four months. Uh, and um, I always suspect that that uh, is why they offed him. He was going to take away their monopoly on printing money. Hmm. Uh, Interesting speculation. Yeah, people have, people have said that. Yeah, just a point of information here. I went and pulled up the Wikipedia article. It says here that uh, in the, under the section end of silver certificates, certificates circulated mainly in the $1 denomination widely through the United States in the years following 1934. When the 34s wore out, they were replaced with a new, more modern-looking series, 1953, uh, with the same face changes as the series 1950 Federal Reserve notes had experienced. However, silver certificates began to disappear from circulation during the 40s and the 50s. So no, it's... They, they were all our $1 bills when I was a kid. All. Hmm. 100% of $1 right. bills had silver certificate on them hmm. until they suddenly brought out this Federal Reserve note. And, uh, um, you know, it, I was. Um, we were hired, our Boy Scout troop was hired to go uh, plant trees. And the guy gave us each a silver dollar. Wow. When we were done. And, uh, oh, and the said, good old days. You go into any bank and get dollar, silver dollars for your, you know, they would be eighteen ninety silver dollars, but they would, you could get them for a dollar each. Uh, and but, Not anymore. Uh, Try taking a silver certificate into a Federal Reserve Bank today, and they'll probably laugh you out the front door. If you go into the bank and ask for a silver dollar, they're going to hand you something made of pot metal and tinfoil. Dan, thanks for the thoughts and the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800 okay, uh, I wanted to add, I'll give you another call one day, because I disagree with you on most things. Oh, okay. uh, the, the Commons works. Um, I mean, I, I agree on the police, and I, I agree on jury notific- notification, and I agree on a bunch of stuff like that. Um, I think we don't need a bunch of heavily, mon- heavily armed hall monitors to check our corridor passes. Um, we're adults now. and um, but it, see, Very good, um, sir. I, I will look forward to that conversation, and I thank you for the call tonight at 800-259-9231 as we continue with James in Texas. James, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. James. Hey, how's it going? Hey, James, what's on your mind tonight? All right. Uh, I just, uh, well, one, first off, I feel bad for your friend who uh, who got that really lousy verdict. That's horrible, yep. especially for marching around in a public space. I uh, guess that cardboard sword was a little too threatening. <laughs> uh, gosh, I, I didn't know that cardboard was a deadly weapon in New Hampshire. I'm amazed. Yeah. Um, but my area actually was something a little off a, sec, a little non sequitur due to a color. I believe you got on Saturday about Lindsay Lohan and all this stuff. And I can give you a free market spin on it, too, at the same time. All right, go ahead. The reason why Miss Lohan is in the trouble she is in is 
because she made herself so unreliable for work that her no no studio TV or movie would insure her. Hmm. When you have shows like this, I've had a friend who worked in the business for many years. You, she explained to me that you had to have insurance. Uh, this insurance covers everything, including the star's ability to perform. Yeah, are you going to show up get, on the set, or are you too doped up, uh, too hungover? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is dead solid correct. And if you make it to where your reputation is so bad that they know you will not show up, the insurance companies will laugh in your face. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, in fact, that's what happened with Downey Jr. for a time. He actually had to post the bonds with his own bankroll. Who's that? Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. He actually had to pay for his own insurance at one point because he was so uninsurable when he got his act together and he realized, gosh, I need to stop doing all these chemicals. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I want to work ever again, uh, he paid his own bond and eventually showed he was reliable again and trustworthy again. And now they'll insure him, of course, because he's actually got his act together. Interesting. So you actually have to show up. Right. It is important. 80% of success, they say, is uh, showing up <laughs> I, on time. I don't know what the number is, but it's important. Yeah. Well, I would say that's 80% success if you're working for government entities. That's a good point. To <laughs> share. show up. Touché. Otherwise, in the other place, it's about half the job. The other half is actually this thing called performance. Yeah. Performance is actually important. doing it. Yeah. Very good, sir. Anything else you, you want to share to with us it. tonight? Um, uh, oh, there's always things, but it would take far too long. Fair enough. Especially about free market and perspectives on it. But uh, really, that's that's really it. Thank you, you for have the call, to be Dana. there. And you can... Yep, it's, it's important. And I thank you for the call at 800-259-9231. Let's talk to, I believe we've got Vince on the line in Indianapolis. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Ian and Mark. Hey, How are Vince. you doing tonight? Great. What's on your mind tonight? I got just, uh, I'm not going to take up a lot of time with you, but uh, I uh, wanted to say that the uh, Supreme Court upheld a lower court hearing about release of the 2008 financial bailouts, the okay. clearinghouse, the banks involved with the clearinghouse, they are going to release those records now. Yeah, it's, it's my understanding that they have, they have to release all that information. What clearinghouse? I don't know what that the means. The Federal Reserve did not want that information released. They did not want to release it. The clearinghouse is a, a number of member banks that belong to this clearinghouse association, and, and what they got was real big discounted loans. Discounted loans from the Federal Reserve? Federal Reserve, yes. The big bailout. I see. And like, why don't they want this information released? I guess for proprietary reasons and you know, and other reasons, but uh, they, they said they're going to comply with the ruling. So Okay. Well, I guess that's good news then? Yes. Okay. Well, there'd, there'd be a lot of uh, there'd be a lot of interesting information in there, and it's just doesn't another, sound too interesting to me. It's but. another pebble <laughs> taken out of the uh, the foundation upon which the Federal Reserve is built. Well, I hope it'll be the pebble that breaks the camel's back, so to speak, if I can mix metaphors. But thank you for the uh, the call thank tonight, Vince. Much. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. You know, Mark, uh, we've talked quite a bit about the dozen people that were arrested here in Keene, New Hampshire, at the jail, and. The reason we were originally there was because they were holding one of our friends captive, and they weren't allowing him to shower, and they were not treating him very well. 
But our friend in that case was only being treated uh, was being treated much better than Bradley Manning. And oh, yes. uh, Bradley much, Manning much better than Bradley Manning. Bradley Manning is uh, we don't live near uh, the Quantico military base, and there are some heroic people who did go and protest out near the Quantico military base where Bradley Manning is being held. And they actually had more of them arrested than uh, we had here in uh, in Keene. They had a mass arrest just recently, I think over the weekend, of twenty, excuse me, thirty five people. We'll tell you more about that coming up here in a moment. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live. You dial in, bring up anything you want. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. You can head over to our website and enjoy the various features you find there for free. News updates. We got them for you via email, Twitter, Facebook. You choose. Choose them all if you want. Uh, if you really want to be clued in, go to news.freetalklive.com to keep up to date with what's going on with the show. I sent out a news update today actually announcing that I will be speaking at uh, what they call an unconference uh, and actually, an online unconference. It's the Agora IO conference. It's happening this weekend, and it's all happening online. This is not like a hotel convention conference. thing. It is. Uh, it's all being done. I think via uh, video streaming through the Justin TV system. And they're going to have various different speakers. Uh, Carla, the new president of the Free State Project, is going to be speaking. Curtis, the organizer of the Free State Project Porcupine Freedom Festival. Uh, The Patrick Friedman from the Seasteading Institute. I'm just going off of memory, just seeing some of these. I mean, there's so many speakers. (laughs) Because you don't actually have to pay to fly anybody in. You don't have to pay for a hotel room. So you can have whoever's got an internet connection uh, do a speech. And George Donnelly from georgedonnelly.com invited me to speak on something. And initially I was like... The guy's a dynamo, right? I mean, he's a doer. Yeah, he's a doer. Um, and initially, I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, I speak eighteen hours a week. The hell am I going to talk about? I don't <laughs> like giving speeches. I can do I can do a talk show, but I don't like it. Like I had to do a three minute speech at Talkers, and I was like practicing and practicing. Yeah, and people you know. people wouldn't believe the difference between public speaking and what we do here. It's a lot more intense and stressful to do a, an actual speech. Uh, of course, I won't actually have an audience sitting in front of me, so that'll be a little bit different because uh, I'll be talking into my laptop, basically, and, and giving a, a speech online. So that'll be a little unusual. Uh, but I eventually he, – he posted – so at first I turned down his invitation. I was like, I don't know. What the hell am I going to talk about? What, do I, what are people going to hear from me that they haven't heard before uh, if they listen to the show? And uh, so eventually he actually asked uh, – he posted on the LRN.FM Facebook page saying, hey, we'd like to have someone from LRN.FM speak on you know, community radio or something like that. I was like, oh, well, I could probably do that. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about pirate radio slash community radio. Um, I still don't really know what I'm going to talk about, but you know, we'll see. I'll figure something out. As I understand, it's supposed to be very fluid. There will be lots of questions, answers. You know. We'll see. Uh, if people are watching, there may be questions. So uh, anyway, you can go to uh, – oh, boy. you know, I should have had their website ready. You can go to the LRN.FM uh, Facebook page or the Free Talk Live Facebook page, and there's, there's a link there to give you the whole list of the, the event speakers. Again, it's going to be happening all weekend long, and uh, I think it should be, should be very interesting. 
anything. I've never done anything it's, quite like it before. I've got Agora. It's Agora.io, actually. .io, and then there's, um, you know, you can do the slashes behind it and stuff. Yeah, Agora.io for uh, details on what they're calling the Agorist Unconference, March 25th through the 27th. I'll be speaking at 4 p.m. Eastern on March 26th. So come on and, I don't know, learn something about illegal broadcasting, hopefully. Anyway, so you can learn about those things by going to news.freetalklive.com. And Mark, did you tell us about SACL? Uh, SACL CAI. They're a company that uh, handles collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged off receivables. They know that your customers are important to you, so you don't want some comp- collections company that's badgering them, treating them badly, or anything like that. So they treat your customers with respect. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. They've been a longtime supporter of Free Talk Live. That's because the principal over there, Jason Osborne, loves freedom, loves Free Talk Live. Our very own, by the way, I'm looking now at the speakers list for agro.io, our very own Stephanie Murphy from uh, Free Talk Live and uh, Pork Therapy. She's going to be speaking. Uh, let's see, Drew Phillips uh, is going to be speaking, the gentleman that called about the dimes uh, last week, the silver dimes. He'll be talking. Uh, plus, Corey Moore, who hosts the Voice of Radical Descent, he's going to be speaking. Carlos Miller uh, from Photography is Not a Crime. He's right about that. Photography isn't a crime. Heroic guy. Really nice guy. Uh, Taryn Lupo will be speaking there as well. Uh, just a whole load of people. Ilolio Jones from the um, – I thought she was from Fiji. Yeah, she is. She's from Fiji, so she'll be speaking there as well. So all kinds of different topics. bunch more people that I've never heard of before, but I'm sure they'll have very interesting things uh, to say. And, uh, and I believe he's still actually looking to book some speakers, so it may not be too late if you wanted to get involved because that's one of the points here is that it's pretty much open to anybody that's got something to talk about that's of a, a liberty-oriented kind of – agorist nature i suppose doing things without the state's permission is uh, i believe the theme so 1-800-259-9231 35 people arrested at a rally to support bradley manning this is some heroic activism and uh, i wanted to tell you about it because not everything uh is happening in new hampshire sometimes there's some really outstanding stuff that happens around the rest of the country and, and world that you need to hear about and uh, i like it when people bring these to my attention and this one i I believe was uh, I don't know where I saw this. Maybe it was on Facebook. Uh, Triangle, Virginia, according to the AJC, AJC.com. Wearing T-shirts and carrying signs bearing the smiling image of Army Private First Class Bradley Manning, hundreds of people rallied Sunday outside the base where he's being detained on charges of providing classified data to WikiLeaks. Now, being detained is a really nice way to put being tortured, being uh, being separated from human beings. Solitary confinement of the worst order, like to the point where you will go mad, go insane. I, as I understand it, at 4.30 a.m. he has to report naked to the front door of his cell. I mean, it's just really weird stuff they're doing to this guy. The kind of things they didn't do to the Unabomber, they didn't do to Ked, Ted Kaczynski, they didn't do to the uh, Oklahoma City guy, Timothy McVeigh. They, don't, they didn't do this stuff to these people. About 35 people were arrested by police in riot gear after they refused to vacate an intersection in front of the entrance to the Marine Corps base Quantico. Now, normally I'm not a big fan of blocking the street. I think that's kind of – it's going to get people upset at you if yeah. they have somewhere to be. But if you're blocking the street right in front the of driveway. The, the Quantico, well, who cares? That's, I think, an entirely appropriate place to do a sit-in, and that's what they were doing. The rally was held along with more than two dozen others around the world to protest Manning's detention in Quantico's brig. He's held alone in his cell for all but an hour a day. At night, his clothes are taken, and he's given a suicide-proof smock to wear to bed. Manning's lawyer has repeatedly complained that his strict confinement conditions are punitive, a charge the military has denied. 
The military maintains that Manning's... Gee, what do you think? Do you think it's punitive to uh, take somebody who hasn't been convicted of anything at this point and hold him and, in solitary... And solita- what he's charged with has, is not a violent offense. Right, and hold him in solitary confinement until he actually goes to whatever you know kangaroo court military tribunal they end up putting him in front of. The sad thing is, though, that uh, you know he's a, he's a member of the military. They can do whatever they want with the, the yeah. Uh, you you signed up to be their property for eight years, and they'll do what they want with you. You will not get a civilian trial. You do not have the rights of a civilian. You aren't a civilian anymore. You're government yep. property. And these are the kind of things that these recruits these people that are signing up for this stuff really they don't know it need to know about you're 18 years old you don't know that stuff all you know is you've seen the commercials of the big badass guys on tv and the you know the rock music and the jumping out of the helicopters and you know all the all the flash and bang that the the hollywood pizzazz they put on this military adventurism that uh, looks so exciting to a young testosterone fueled male uh, that's all they know they don't know what the U.S. Code of Military Justice is. They don't understand that once they're done with four years, they've still got four more that they're on uh, the little callback inactive, program, inactive, inactive ready, ready reserve. reserve. Uh, they don't understand any of that stuff, and they certainly don't understand it when they sign on the dotted line. They haven't read that U- you know UCMJ. What, what they need, and I don't know, I haven't researched the internet for this, they need a counter-recruitment uh, website that gives this kind of information. Don't the people, Quakers have that? I, I don't know that they have it or not. I know that they've done counter-recruitment efforts. Get on it, Mark. 1-800-259-9231. That could be your new activism. I think it's a great idea. Uh, actually, you should probably team up with some former military people and get some experts in there. But uh, I fully support that. And we'll tell you more about what happened at this protest where 35 people were arrested. Coming up. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from Maine to Hawaii. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Talk live, and you can dial in toll free. Take control of the airwaves at 800 259 9231. The SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. Hey, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com as we continue here with news. And I consider this pretty big news, but apparently there's actually even bigger news about the soldiers in Afghanistan taking pictures of their trophies. And by trophies, I mean dead dead people. People People who were apparently just civilians, just gloating, reveling in their violence and their murder. It's disgusting. I I was just looking at some of the pictures there. The guy's got a a dead man by the hair. He's pulling his head up. Stand, looking tough with in his sunglasses. I mean, the other guy's got a big grin on his face. You can with the see same why corpse. these, um, you know, the, when when the reporters go in there, they talk to these people on the ground. You can see why they consider the Americans to be cowards. They hide behind these predator drones. They they have the, the you know, this incredible equipment, body armor, all this stuff. These guys are out there with nothing but the belief that Allah is going to make bullets pass by them, um, and they're fighting. You know, I. It, 
I can see. I, I, I can talk, totally see why these uh, these people are their their hearts and minds are being turned away from Americans. We'll talk more about it, Mark. I just we'll talk more about that down the line a little bit. I want to make sure we get the news out about Bradley Manning first, though. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In some cases, they can get that private labeling done overnight. In stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. All right. We continue with your phone calls about what you want. Uh, 800-259-9231. But first, uh, the rest of the story about the 35 people. Mass arrests outside of the, uh, the Quantico military base in Virginia. 35 people arrested in a sit-in. Uh, sitting in in the intersection, apparently right in front of the, the military base. Uh, they did not leave, and they were taken away by police in riot gear. These are a completely group, you know, peaceful group of folks, just peace protesters. I saw video footage from uh, from these arrests, and they're pulling up a blind man and taking him away. This old man, he's got a cane. They're, you know, these are the kind of protesters they're dealing with, okay? Uh, anyway, Manning's being held alone in his cell for 23 hours a day, uh, has been given a suicide-proof smock to wear to bed. The military maintains that his treatment complies with U.S. law and military regulations. What's well, yeah, of course it's the law that, that you can treat people like crap you can treat people inhumanely the government doesn't care about human beings it doesn't care about being humane towards people it's just a violent group of criminals anyway they continue he faces nearly two dozen charges including aiding the enemy a crime that can bring the death penalty or life in prison army prosecutors however have told manning's lawyers that they will not recommend the death penalty oh how nice David House, a friend who was visiting Manning for or has visited Manning about 15 times since September told the protesters that Manning appreciated their support he said, it's stuff like this that gives Bradley hope. When I go in there or look him in the eyes and say, Bradley, there are people on the outside that support you, his eyes light up. Daniel Ellsberg, a Manning supporter who leaked the so-called Pentagon Papers in 1971, was one of the protesters arrested Sunday. By the way, that's the second time that Ellsberg has been arrested in the last, I don't know, six months on behalf of Bradley Manning. That guy's a hero. Anyway, continuing. He says, uh, the story says, uh, officers handcuffed some protesters and led them away after they refused to leave U.S. Route 1 in front of the base. Short scuffles ensued as dozens of officers attempted to push the protesters, some of whom were seated on the pavement away from the intersection. Many sat beneath a yellow banner that read, caution, whistleblower torture zone. Prince William County Police. Yeah, this is another thing is uh, the the Barack Obama lovers out there really need to understand that this guy that uh, ran for office on the on the, the the platform of transparency has been just vicious on whistleblowers. I know it's not making the news because, well, you know, this is it, it's it's not OK to talk about Democrats being tough on whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's just not the way the news media works. But it's the facts. The facts are that uh, Barack Obama wants nothing to do with transparency, nothing to do with transparency. I, I got to say, between the two, Barack Obama, John McCain, I can understand why you might have chose to Barack Obama. But please don't think that this guy is good simply because the other guy might have been worse. Prince County, uh, Prince William County Police said in a statement that about 35 people were taken into custody and charged with unlawful, unlawful assembly and careless interference with traffic. Unlawful assembly. Hmm. Yep. I'd love to see these trials. And my question, of course, is going to be, will the 35 people, how, how will they handle this? Will they take this to trial? 
Will they go all the way? Will they non-cooperate with the state? Or are they going to cut a plea bargain? That's really all my, always my question with these other people that are doing these really impressive protests, because this is not the first time there was – the last time Daniel Ellsberg was re- arrested protesting the Bradley Manning situation was in front of the White House. They had gr- a group of folks that were right in front of the White House. They were told to leave. They didn't leave, and a bunch of people were arrested at that time as well. And there's never a follow-up. You never get to find out. The media just forgets about it. They don't care. They don't pay attention to the individual 35 people and what their story is. So we never actually get to find out what percentage of these 35 actually take their case to trial what percentage ties up the prince william county uh, court system for their efforts oh you want to arrest me great well you get to take me all the way through the entire system and see how that works for you let's see what kind of evidence you have let's see you make your case and uh, don't take the plea deal i I would hope that they would do that Uh, but we don't know if you find out and you can let us know i'd appreciate knowing at 800-259-9231 the heavy police presence at the rally included officers from six agencies mounted officers and tactical vehicles several leaders of the rally wanted to lay flowers at an iwo jima memorial at the base's entrance but were kept about 40 feet away by police who'd set up barriers colonel thomas v johnson a spokes bureaucrat for the marine corps combat development command at quantico said access to the memorial was denied because protest activity is not permitted on base grounds he says we're pleased that people were able to express their first amendment rights in a manner that did not infringe upon base property a former intelligence analyst manning and self-styled hacktivist is accused of leaking a raft of iraq and afghanistan war logs in case you didn't know more than 250,000 confidential state department cables and a military video of an attack on unarmed men in iraq earlier this month his confinement was the topic of widespread media coverage when chief state department spokes bureaucrat pj crowley resigned after criticizing the handling of manning's detention crowley's resignation had prompted reporters to ask barack obama about his confinement and he said he had been assured the conditions were appropriate everything's fine don't worry about it yeah, yeah pay no attention here hey isn't dancing with the stars on tonight don't you have something else to be doing besides caring about this one man that we have in prison watch while we drop bombs on people yeah, let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything and talk to Bud, listening to WTAR in Virginia. Hey, Bud. Let me ask you guys a question. Yes, sir. Do you think 18-year-olds ought to be able to vote? I guess well, if they're, they're being taxed. Have, if they're going to have laws uh, enforced upon them, sure. Sure, should ought to be able to vote, right? Well, sure. if they're going to be able to vote, do you think that it would be a good idea for them to know who they're voting for and the impact that person might have on their life later I think, on? I think that's generally good, good for anyone. Good idea or bad idea? Good I, idea. I think that's generally a good idea for anyone who's going to vote. Good idea. So yeah. a young man signs a contract with the U.S. Armed Forces. They're going to pay him room and board, and they're going to pay for his medical. They're going to pay him a salary. They're going to teach him a trade. They're going to give him a place to live and work for four years. You think he ought to know what he's signing up for? Why, I, why would he be any different than the kid who's going down to cast his vote? I think you're probably right. I think, I, you know, I think that they know as an 18-year-old that's signing up uh, for the military knows as much as an 18-year-old that's going that's to right. work for McDonald's. But I think and it's, a, it's army, an entirely wait a second. It's an entirely different contract. There is no contract like this that uh, in in the the civilian world. I worked at a gym at one point, and you couldn't sign a contract for more than three years because the government didn't believe that a person could make a decision that would last more than three years that that just wasn't fair to do however the military can make one that goes for eight years well you know to compare a contract at a gym to 
to signing up for the armed forces to serve your country is such a ludicrous analogy. That's Why is it unbelievable. Am I That's ser- Harry High School, man. That's Harry High School. Let me ask another question. Um, what it, do you think should happen to this young man, Barry? What do you think should have happened to him? Who? To Bradley Manning? Maybe your guy. Bradley. I'm sorry, Bradley. Tell yeah, you what, what do you think hold that thought, him? Bud. We're going to bring you back. We'll talk about it then. If you can hang on, we're going to bring uh, more with uh, Bud here in a moment at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are coming up next. It's uh, Free Talk Live. You take control. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe enough for your calls, your thoughts. If you dial now, toll free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as $3 per month. What we do is we take that money and reinvest it into the program. It doesn't go to paychecks. It goes to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, brings more Internet listeners on board, exposes new people to the ideas of freedom. So if that's valuable to you, maybe it's worth 3 bucks a month. That's all we ask for from the AMP program. And you get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum and podcast and more. Go get the details, get signed up with any major credit card via PayPal, or you can use Visa or MasterCard right on our website at amp.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies that the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. Freedomsphoenix.com. So we've been talking about Bradley Manning, 35 people arrested uh, over the weekend at a rally outside of Quantico Military Base in support of uh, Bradley, who's being held in very punishing uh, conditions, awaiting trial, just horrible conditions. Uh, They're basically punishing him in advance of being found guilty, which, of course, is pretty much inevitable because it's a military tribunal and you're pretty much screwed under those conditions. You don't have a jury of your peers. Yeah, I mean, sure. It's hard enough to get uh, found innocent of the jury of your so-called peers. But he does have a lot of money for legal defense. Uh, So we continue here. Bud is on the line with his thoughts, uh, listening to WTAR in Virginia. Now, Bud, uh, you'd made a statement before we went away to uh, the break, and I think Mark had a question about uh, Well, actually, Bud asked me a question. I'm sorry, Bud, you asked a question? What was the question again? Could you recap that? Oh, man, I I listen to so many gun and holster commercials here on the local radio station, I forgot my original question. The question is, uh, what do do you think that we should should be done? Yeah, yeah, what do you... What do you think should have happened to Bradley Manning? Well, I think that that's a, that's a great question. And um, what Bradley Manning did was take an oath, an oath to defend the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. I can only assume that when one takes that oath, that one is then obligated from one's heart and soul to then uh, to verify and decide who is an enemy foreign and who is an enemy domestic. And when that says enemy domestic, they're very clear that there are enemies domestic. And so I would assume that Bradley Manning assumed that the United States military, the people giving the orders, Hillary Clinton and uh you know the whole entourage had some at some point turned into 
enemies domestic and he was then going to the highest uh, the, the highest lawmakers the people and turning over information so they could make up their minds was this a legal killing for instance with the gunship killing and very in very very articulate exposition but absolutely factually wrong okay well here's, tell me how i'm wrong here's here's an analogy let me ask you this that no, you that's analogies don't make me wrong yeah that's okay but but my <laughs> point will All my right. point will he signed an oath to defend the Constitution from enemies, foreign and domestic. Uh-huh. Now, where in there does it say I get to decide who the enemies are? Well, where in if, there does if, it get? Because you're how forgetting. am I going to defend minute, against an enemy? I listen to you. I have to I decide to you, who the, the enemy is. Of listening you to just me. asked me a question. Have the courtesy of listening to me. You asked me a question. You asked me a no, question. No, I, I withdraw the question, okay. Counselor. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question again. Let me ask you this question. All right. Does every soldier in the army – I don't know who you work for, but there has to be someone who syndicates your program. I work for myself. Suppose someone up along the line says, look, you guys, we've got all these contracts in the file, our sponsorship agreements in the file. Mm-hmm. Sure. Please don't, please don't read those on the air because that will be a breach of our confidence and confidentiality and all that. And you guys decide, I'm going to raid the boss's file cabinet, read all these contracts on there, and he fires your butts. Well, I, I would agree uh, that he would have the right get, to do that. You get 35 people protesting that because you, you get to decide who's right and who's wrong. No, Gosh, I would there's hope an be army chain of command. There's a Thank God as Ted Anderson could just fire us instead of right. putting us in a military I bridge. Know, I know, that'd be great, wouldn't it? But look, there's I, I, a chain wait, wait, of command. Wait, 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 I'd like Let to make a point with your analogy. There's 330 million people in the country, man. There's 330 million people in the country. 35 poor lost souls turn out to get this poor misguided no, no, no. soldier. No, no, no. just the arrest. 35 support. were arrested, That's sir. The there arrest. were more than that there at the, uh, oh, the okay. event. Okay, how many were there? Okay, 135. So there's, so there's two, yeah, right. so there's 200. Big deal. 350. You're, we're getting off track. Can you hold that thought for one moment, people. please? Bud, like, hold I, that thought. Uh, we want to address your question right, a little I, more I in do, detail, I do please. I don't think you're going to address anything. I think you guys need to go back to high school civics because this sounds like I did not learn anything of importance in high school, sir. I'm so glad that I've forgotten the crap they told me in physics. I can tell that. All right, I hang up let you guys talk. Right. You fine, bud. Run away from the conversation if you want to. That's fine. You know, Typical of I, the military supporters to just yeah, run away. I, I would hope that I have the intestinal fortitude, and I'm almost certain that you do, that if, if something was going on with our sponsors and our syndicates that um, needed to be revealed through re- revealing the contracts through on this show that i hope that we would sit here and we would reveal those facts we would read those contracts we would point out the uh, mistakes that were made and we would do that for our audience because we thought that was the right thing to do and i would hope that bradley manning and we would make that decision amongst ourselves and therefore i hope that bradley manning uh, you know would do the same thing i hope that every american soldier decides uh, you know, for himself, what the right and the wrong thing are to do. That's the way it should be when you sign That's up. That's what they to tell you. That's in fact what the military tells you. They say they give you. They tell you about the Stanford prison experiments. They tell you about the. Uh, do they? They do. They tell. Uh, they, they tell officers and enlisted men you should never follow an order that you. You that by that I mean the first person or the second person you believe to be unlawful, except for the president's orders, right? They're unla- if they're unlawful, you do not follow them, soldier. That's what they tell military people. They give them the personal responsibility, the same responsibility they imbued. How do you know? You were never in the military. I, it's all I could do is tell you what I read. What do you okay. want from me? I'm just saying. I mean, Bud thinks I'm wrong. 
So and that was Bud's question: was who who gets to decide? The individual, and that's the way it should be. The individual decides to vote. He used that analogy. The individual decides what is a lawful and what is an unlawful order. Otherwise, you're just otherwise you would be suggesting that by joining the military that you become part of the Borg. You become this collective that's what agent. They want they 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 want to tell they want to be able to tell you that uh, you should defend the Constitution against enemies foreign and domestic, and that you should not obey unlawful orders, but. You got to go through protocol. You have to observe protocol. You have to go through chain of command. You can never deviate from. You were given an old uh, soldier, an old order, soldier. You know, you know all these things that they say. Mm. You know, they really don't want these things that they tell you. Right. The idea is that uh, if somebody gives you a bad command, if somebody gives you a bad order, something that is wrong, something with which you disagree, that you should be able to refuse to uh, to go along with it, and it should be fully legal under that system, under that perspective, uh, to do that. If the idea that Bud was suggesting and he wouldn't stay on the phone long enough to get us to let us to clarify and ask any questions. Uh, if the idea was that, well, yeah, it does say that you're supposed to uh, defend the country from domestic enemies, but you have to take all your orders from your higher-ups without question. But what if your higher-ups are the domestic enemies? Right. What if they're the ones that are doing the wrong? What if they're the ones that are hurting peaceful people and innocent people? You absolutely have it. as you, It's your your choice as a human being to, uh, to, to stand up, and Bradley Manning did that. And now look what's happened to him. It's horrifying. It's your obligation as a moral individual. The, the enemy's domestic likely are not the citizens of the United States. They, yeah. The enemies domestic are likely in the power. State. And that's what you're supposed to be defending against. I mean, the fact is, I can still remember the, the soldier that they were interviewing doing, Hurricane Katrina, who said, uh, who was going around with a bunch of other soldiers Guardsmen, confiscating guns from Americans, and he was asked whether he would shoot an American. He's like, "Oh, I don't want to do I that, but to. I guess if I was ordered to shoot him, I'd just shoot him." Yep. You know, and I don't remember exactly what That's he right. said, but you he was know, all, what nineteen? He's he's another one of these. He probably posed with their dead bodies, like these guys did oh, over in God. Afghanistan. So gross. I, I, you know, I don't know what I'm dealing with here, but I feel like somebody who would fire on Americans for having weapons is an enemy domestic. It's clear I to me. I feel like they're all in the military. Um, man who will follow an order without questioning it to fire on American citizens is an enemy domestic. No doubt about it. Let's talk to uh, Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Uh, yeah, they're pumping this water into the nuclear reactor to cool it off. And the pump is working fine, and the generator that powers the pump is working, but it's running out of fuel, diesel fuel. And so these guys, they jump into this pickup truck, and they drive on down to the gas station to get more fuel. Okay, now if they can get the fuel and get it back there in time, then they can prevent a reactor core meltdown, you see? So the driver runs into the building to pay for the fuel so they can start pumping, and there's this lady scratching lottery tickets. Um, I won 300 yen on this one, and uh, let me take a 100 yen, and I think I'll take a 200. And they said, lady, get out of the way! And, okay, then... They get the fuel. They're on their way back to the power plant. They Tell get pulled over for speeding. And the cop says, I'd love to help you guys given the situation, but I cannot let you drive away with an expired registration. I but thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. We'll see if certainly the police <laughs> can get in the way of important things from happening. Uh, see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. 
All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post, and I have with me once again the lovely Megan Duffield from uh, Silver Circle. Megan, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. <laughs> sure. So, um, Silver Circle movie, um, animated movie about, um, tell us about what? Um, for those of you who don't know, it's a thriller romance that um, unfolds inside an inflationary economic disaster. So the story is revolved in uh, around 2019, where a group of rebels take on the Federal Reserve Bank. Wow. Um, and uh, that, that that sounds like a daunting task. Uh, has the Federal Reserve gotten uh, bigger and badder at that in that time frame? Yes, if, if people can imagine, the Fed is actually um, more vi- well, actually violent and has reached a, a whole other level of power by the year 2019. Yeah, the the idea of fighting the Federal Reserve now just doesn't sound that exciting. But fighting you, when you when you have to fight in, in you know sort of real life, that that makes for a good action movie. Exactly. So um, I, you, you guys have had a lot of luck. I've been uh, watching. Two years uh, you, you've been in production. I've been talking yeah, to Pasha. The, yeah, the concept started back in 2008. So this is the year, though. So everyone should look out for the release this fall. And you've done a certain amount of acting. You've had the people uh, put up with a little, uh, I don't know what you call them, the things that you put on people so you can see their bodies move Their bodies yep. move according to the polygons on the screen. Yep. We didn't have the full motion capture suits, but we did have custom-made head cams in a green screen studio. Um, where we did all of the filming back in September. So right now we're just in full, full-fledged post-production. Um, our animation team is working really hard, and um, we're hoping to have this ready by fall 2011 to start submitting to film festivals. Are v- is the voice work done? Yes, because we actually did all of that with the shoot. Okay. Back in September. Now, you said film festivals here, and I happen to know that you just w- went to an important one, South by Southwest. What was going on there? Uh, we just took off to South by Southwest last week. We were there all through the week um, at, exhibiting at the trade show. We are actually the only independent film that was there uh, exhibiting our, our upcoming project. And just to make sure everyone knows, it's also going, Silver Circle is also going to be a comic book as well. Um, so we had tons of people. I mean, there was over 30,000 people in attendance at the whole entire festival. So we came into contact with thousands of people, uh, you know, told them the story and told them the story that we're going to tell and everyone was really excited. We were so re- well received at the festival. Now, you've been to many other conventions around the country, comic conventions, liberty conventions. Tell me about some of those. Well, the comic conventions are some of our personal favorites here because the the liberty conventions are really fun and we get to talk to all the people who are right in line with what we're trying to do and we get a lot of support there and they also are kind of the they help out in different things like social media and in their blogs, and they help spread yep. the news about the project. But the comic They're the chorus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but the comic conventions are really fun because I know I just said South by Southwest had 30,000 people in attendance, mm-hmm. estimated. Um, we went to a comic convention in New York that had over 90,000 people show up over the weekend. So, Jeez. You, And you get, you know, all spectrums, all, all sides of the spectrum of people you have, you know, 14-year-old kids running around with capes on mm-hmm. and 44-year-old men running around with capes yeah. on. <laughs> and then people and, without capes sometimes, too. Yeah, and exactly. And they're, uh, they're just wearing Chewbacca outfits. Yeah, and you'll have families walking through, um, you know, groups of friends, younger teenagers, people like that walking through, and they just love to consume things like comic books, and they love the stories that they tell, and we're right in line with, with what they want to hear. And 
sometimes some of them don't know it yet, but they really like the story that we're, that we're telling. That's pretty cool. And this is a full-time thing. This isn't something you're doing in your, your spare time, right? No, this is more than full-time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we're traveling on the weekends, getting the word out, working through the week online, um, setting up interviews like what I'm doing today with you. Um, we just got done doing an interview with John Schaefer, who is the um, heavy metal guitarist for Iced Earth, the heavy metal band. I wouldn't, couldn't be able to tell you. Iced Earth sounds great. Yeah, so we, we've just been doing our best to get out there because uh, once the festival deadlines start coming up, we really want to make sure we have everything lined up and have a lot to offer. You have to be post-produced at that point. Yes. Now, uh, speaking of post-production, you have a position that's coming open this summer. Is that right, an internship position? That's, that's pretty much what we're doing this interview, right? Yeah, I wanted to get the word out um, because we've only had a few applicants so far. Um, but this job is actually awesome for the right person. I mean, if I, you know, was a student at the time, this is what I would be applying for if I loved Liberty. And just to clarify, it's actually a marketing internship. Okay. So it is during post-production, and you'll definitely get to learn a little bit about the animation process. Um, but it's mostly just helping get the word out, helping me out in particular, mm-hmm. you know, running the blog, um, doing some fun research, doing some fun uh, video blog entries with, with the team, as well as possibly even going to some some of the trade shows with us to help spread the word. Yeah, and you never know what um, one position can lead to inside of a company as far as another one goes. I mean, you, it may be that they start out helping you with marketing, but then they end up uh, you know helping in some other capacity or something like that. I mean, in, in radio, I, I've had uh, several different positions, so these things happen. Exactly. And, you know, if you're if you're a student in the area and you follow, you know, liberty politics or you're very into Austrian economics or precious metals or anything of the sort, I mean, this is an opportunity to dig in more to that subject matter Mm. and, you know, have some fun. And on the other end of it, there's a creative side to it as well. So, I mean, it's really just an awesome opportunity for someone who has the energy and, um, you know, the passion for it. So um, now it's it's not a free internship, right? I'm sorry? It's not a free internship, right? They're going to get paid? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so there's uh, there's money to be made, and yes. uh, they, they have to be geographically, I mean, what, I, what, yeah, what's, what's the are, deal? Well, we're located in Harvard Square, so what's in that, the Boston, Boston? area, okay. or somebody that can commute down here, we'd love to have you in-house because it's just, we have a really awesome team here. Um, we work really well together, and we want someone, you know, in here that's working with us and, you know, can understand what kind of environment, you know, we're trying to produce. Sure. And um, what, uh, you know, what, what other sort of qualifications should one have for this position? Well, you you should definitely at least be, uh, you should be pretty well versed in social media in general. If you don't have a Twitter or Facebook account, I don't suggest. <laughs> You apply, because it'd be great if you knew how to use those things. Yeah, you're going to have to know how to use Twitter and Facebook, yeah. Exactly, as well as, um, you know, blogging. Um, Not that you have to be an expert at blogging. There's plenty of people here that can help, you know, get you going. Um, You definitely need to have some energy, um, you know, be willing to to just learn more, because there's so much fun research to do that that goes around with this internship. And also maybe a little interest in uh, comic books because we're trying to enter into that world more and more every day. So all of those things 
are, are definitely what we're looking for. So somebody with some initiative and um, probably a younger person if you're talking internship, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, chances are um, students are going to be looking for internships, and most students are younger, so we're definitely looking for someone. There's no specific age, but people that are more well-versed in social media at this point and blogging and have this kind of flexibility and are available for just these you know, short months over the summer um, will probably be students. So. Cool. And what do they need to know? How do, how do they get a hold of you? Well, if you're interested in applying to the Silver Circle Marketing Internship, you can send in your resume to intern at silvercirclemovie.com. And that's pretty much all you have to do. And then from there, we'll get back to you and we can figure it out from there. Sounds good. Megan, thanks. Uh, if people want to find out more about Silver Circle, how do they do that? All they have to do is visit silvercirclemovie.com and check out our latest webcomic pages, our latest video blogs. There's tons of fun stuff going on on the website right now. They can friend you on Facebook too, right? Oh, absolutely. We're actually almost to 11,000 fans on Facebook. So if everyone wants to hop on facebook.com slash silvercirclemovie and help us out, we could probably get over to our goal by the end of this week. Excellent. Megan, thanks for your time. Hey, thank you, Mark. Have a good one. Yep, bye. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait, there's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers.